Three, two, one. Let's, Let's go! go! Nice. All right, that was better. I am the host of the PBE Podcast, Troy Tittlemeyer. Joined, of course, Brian McDowell is sitting across from me. We are in Sabata Energy Consultants building, the front building, the one that's associated with Wall Street, the famous Wall Street of Midland. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the poor side of Wall Street, but we are on Wall. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally you can just walk up to the window and probably watch Wolf of Wall Street on the projector. did <laughs> <laughs> more than occasionally. <laughs> uh, so, dude, this this episode, we... We're in town in Midland, right? We're doing this Texas Railroad Commission thing. We mm-hmm. we did some other interview, uh, other podcasts, and Sabata's doing a happy hour on Thursday, and we're just like, all right, where is everything at? You know, I've been following the story as much as I can. I know more details than probably most. You know, as far as kind of the story of Sabata, the story of the last two years, and what you've been doing, I think is fascinating, inspiring, and and all kinds of things. So. Definitely want to talk about that, but then the drill down specifically go into the software, dude, because I've done it. I had a consulting gig, and I'm like, man, Sabata Energy. I saw the post. I'm like, well, haven't I checked that database out? Boom, dove in. I'm looking around. I'm bouncing around, so I'm kind of familiar with the, you know, how it's set up, you know, the, your programming and, mm-hmm. and how the the database is. But I think it's it's really cool, and I want to get behind your perspective. You know, how do you think about it when you open it up? What what are you looking at, or how, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that let's do that, and then uh, completion, man. We're just going to talk about where where it's at, where the industry's at, where the Permian's at in general, uh, kind of the future, right? Plans. What are you doing with Sabata? What's the vision? Uh, and then that's it, man. That's the wrap. That's the wrap up of the show. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Are you in? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Bell Geospace. Bell Geospace has the gravity data that you need in the Permian Basin to see the structures below your reservoir, to see the structures in the reservoir and above. It's all connected. It all has a lot to say and a lot to do with how much oil, brine, or gas you're getting. You need the data to make better wells. You got to contact Julianne Sharples, Sharples at bellgeo.com or go to bellgeo.com. Check out their data. Check out what they're providing in their FTG, full tensor gravity gradiometry. The data is very high resolution. We did an exciting show, episode 91 with Bell Geospace, interpreting some of that data. Contact them today. Drill better wells. Let's go. This episode of PBE Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Geolog. Geolog offers cost-effective, lab-quality, quantitative, real-time formation evaluation and reservoir characterization solutions to improve well placement, production forecasting, and optimizing of completions. They even have a service that can monitor bitware while drilling. I've actually utilized their services while drilling wells in the Permian Basin, and we were highly impressed with the data acquisition process and the quality of the interpretations. These guys at Geolog are passionate about the data they collect each day at every well site. They've been doing it for 40 years. They are passionate about drill cuttings, passionate about mud gas data, passionate about what the data means and how the data can add value to an asset. They probably collect the most amount of drill cuttings and mud gas data globally each day of any privately owned surface mug logging company. Geolog always employ a consistent quantitative analytical methodology, whether on the well site or back at the lab. So data collected at one well can be compared at another well. 
We'll be doing a podcast with Dr. Guy Oliver, Geologs Director of Energy Transition and Data Science, who will be talking more about what Geolog does and diving more into the types of data they collect. All right. So, yeah. So, essentially, Sabata's thing is our little slogan now is to be the uh, the only one-stop shop to find uh, geoscience data for free. So, effectively, what we're trying to do is build up uh, the Google search for oil and gas data so anybody can find pretty much anything they need, regardless of whether we own it or not. And then specifically wells, drilling, production, completion. Uh, actually, no. So it's almost purely geologic stuff. So drill stem tests, completion cards, well logs, uh, cores, cuttings, uh, you know, porosity permeability reports, stuff like that. Thin sections, core photos, all that good stuff. Right. So uh. mostly the geology stuff. So we're not in the traditional kind of oil and gas data space like what you see with like IHS or drilling info or uh, yep. like well database, right? We're only on the TGS. Yeah, TGS. Well, yeah. Longbow, we, dude. I use Longbow. Yeah. I guess yeah. we're, I mean, honestly, we're more like TGS than we are like the others, I guess. Okay. Because we are really, we're not going to, we're not um, there to replace in uh, your Inveris subscription or anything. We're right. an addendum, right? Right. But one thing, it's another tool in the toolbox. Right, dude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I If I'm sitting on a project and I'm like, wonder if I, you know, could use some thin sections right now. <laughs> like, yes, of course you can, man. You need all that data. And we need access to me, be able to find all the data possible for the projects we're working on. Because a lot of scrambling these last couple of years, right? I'm, I'm yeah. in an area that I've never looked at in real detail before. You know, I want to know everything. I want to know every single source possible for that project. You know what I mean? And that's that's what you're saying. That's the bolt-on. You, you jump on the website, bang, search that area, and you're like, whoa. There's yeah, something new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the biggest thing was like, especially in oil and gas, you know, you have a lot of the data is housed in government stuff, right? I mean, you got the USGS, you've got the Railroad Commission, right? You know, you've also got a lot of it in these libraries. Some of the libraries, you know, uh, are really, really modern. Like they've spent a ton of money, you know, on their websites and digitizing it and all that stuff. Other ones are totally what we call dark. I mean, it's essentially, mm. um, it's a couple folks that run it, if you're even lucky with two people. Uh, and you'll walk in and just be a bunch of uh, filing cabinets and you just have to wander in and go through there kind of piece of paper by piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what we're trying to do is essentially make it easier for people instead of having to go through all those different all those different organizations and service companies and libraries and everything like that, you can go to one spot, get to the 90% solution, you know, just in one spot for relatively low cost. And then we'll send you in the right direction. Essentially, we try to be is almost like the, not the gatekeeper per se, but essentially directing traffic. Because as of right now, there's no one really doing it, to be honest. Wow. Um, yep. All right, let's rock it back completely. This is now the, the conception part of the PBU podcast. Okay. Rocking it back. Where are you from? Where were you born? Uh, born in Fort Worth, Texas. Is that right? Uh, raised in Brock's out about 40 minutes west, a little tiny town. 40 minutes west. That's right. You told me this. Yeah. So essentially right where I-20 crossed the Brazos River. So I graduated. I'll put it this way. I graduated with, I had graduated in a class of 38 people with no post office and no football team. Wow. So, yeah, it's a lot nicer place now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, How many years I, ago was that? Uh, I graduated high school in 2007. Okay, right so, on. Yeah. Right on. All right, man. So, and then what was the, the rock? You're a geologist. Uh, well, yeah, geologist and an engineer. 
You yeah, got both. Double two degrees? Yeah, split personality all. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, bachelor's geology, Texas A&M, uh, right master's on. in petroleum engineering at Colorado School of Mines. You went into the geology program knowing you wanted to be a geologist, or you went to school and then you went to geology? Uh, no, I started as a geologist. Right I'll on. be honest. I was talking about this the other day. Like, I actually didn't even plan on going to college. My dad literally forced me to put in an application. How do you get literally forced by your dad for the application for college, man? Like, he like just hassled me enough. It's like, bro, you got to put something in somewhere. It's like, fine. Then like I ended up putting into A and M. It was the only place I put into. Literally the day before the cutoffs, uh, the cutoff thing. And the only reason I waited that long because I. I graduated valedictorian out of 38 people, which I didn't even know until like three or four months before we started graduating. Right on. And yeah, so I had automatic admission. So I was like, I was just kind of lazy and threw it in there. And I was going to go try to play music for a living. Is that right? Yeah, somehow and ended up in all this all this shit now. So it's like now I have to like try to make guitar, fucking drums, like mixing. Uh, yeah, mostly guitar and singing. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, that's why my voice is like this. Man is playing house parties in high school. No, I mean he's like a bunch of rednecks down the river, like no microphones, no nothing. Give me your best redneck, like fucking song, dude. Like the one that you sing all the time back in that day that oh, gave you that voice. The show, What's the song? The show closer was always You Never Call Me By My Name by David Allen Coe. <laughs> dude, Hands down. Every dude, single please, time. Please start. I'll go with you. I know this song. <laughs> it's like, I know this song. You know you sing it? Yeah. Hey, oh, really? Come on, dude. <laughs> it's like, it was all that I could I do to keep from crying. crying. <laughs> <laughs> and we ain't something. To... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, hey, I love David. David Allen Coe goes back for me, 2007, I think, dude. 2006. I was, oh. it's like, that's when I, David, I was crossing paths with a dude from Waco, Texas. At MMI, okay. Motorcycle Mechanics Institution, because that was the dirt bike fucking route I was on. And this dude from Waco crosses paths, man, and David Allen Coe and everything else. And he's one of the oh, funniest dude, He's ever, crazy, man. man. I think he's still alive, too. He looked like he died about 20 <laughs> years ago, to be honest, but he's still out there. Yeah. I've actually never got to see him play. He's a crazy son of a bitch. Yeah. Man. Yeah, um, he's got to be, dude. He talks yeah. about a million-dollar tour bus and shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I spent um, in high school – we would go over to so Brock's in a dry county, right? So there's no bars. There's there's one town in the whole county that's wet. Didn't seem like there's like I mean you're talking about grad. Well, how many people did you graduate with? Thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing to do out there except farm and drink. But we couldn't. You'd have to go to the next county to drink. <laughs> so, but so we I knew who those guys were. They yeah. never was taking off on Friday night. <laughs> yeah. So we would go up to. I'd go over to Mineral Wells. My dad worked in Mineral Wells. Um, what do you do which, for a living? My dad? Yeah. Uh, he kind of bounced around a bunch of different things, um, but mostly his last couple roles was like as a safety guy oh, working right for on. a service company. So, and he was a welder too. So he kind of was in the welding shop, kind of worked his way up and eventually kind of kind of a QA manager, safety guy. So. Right on. We were just in a welding shop today with uh, West Texas Boring. Bunch of welders in that yeah. in that business, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it did not pass down to me. I was never... I could stick two pieces of metal get together. But I was way better on a settling torch. Turns out I was a lot better at destroying than building. So, <laughs> I'm curious about how fucked up this could look. <laughs> oh man, right on. And your mom, what did she do? I uh, just stayed at home. Okay. Yeah. So you got brothers, sisters, the whole deal. Uh, younger sister. That's it. Just two of you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. right on. Yeah, okay. Pretty small family. Married. Uh, yes. Kids. Uh, stepson. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Right on. How old? 
Uh, six turning seven. Is in May. that right? Yep. Six year old. Wow, dude, I got a three year old and a one year old right now, and I just I can't imagine them tomorrow, and they just grow right in front of me. I'm like, I just it's so weird to me. Like, what are they going to be like at six? You know what I mean? Yeah. Three year olds just like she's going on twenty one. She understands everything. She can't speak very well, but don't let it fool you. <laughs> she understands and she hears and she knows how to regurgitate. Yeah. anything yeah yeah. i'm like do i i just i do say that word damn it <laughs> i say it too much and, and yeah man kids right on dude so wife kid awesome and how long you been in midland uh since may so still pretty new so a little less than a year you started this company uh started company in uh april 2020 so it'll be two years yeah, so we'll be two years old in April, this April, and, and I moved out here, here last May. You, oh, snap. I yeah, I haven't been here that long. Whoa. <laughs> I started breaking into the scene pretty fast, hopefully. Coming out of Fort Worth, Dallas area? or No, I was up in Colorado forever for Denver? grad school and stuff. Yeah, so I was in yeah, Golden for a couple of years, and then I moved to downtown Denver for the last couple of years. You went so. to Colorado School of Mines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually know. still there. I'm actually trying to finish out my doctorate right now, this semester. I've been telling people I've been... You know, three months from graduating for about three years now, to be honest. Geology, years. geology and undergrad. Yeah. Engineering through Colorado School of Mines? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, bachelor's geology at Texas A&M, uh, master's petroleum engineering at Mines, PhD geology at Mines. Master's in petroleum engineering? Yep. From a geology degree? No, it was a full-blown MS in petroleum. I had to do all the prereqs and everything. Gosh, dude. Yeah, no, I actually a true dual discipline. Like, I didn't do just like a somehow, double major. Like, yeah, I actually you have, transitioned. You, you yeah, know. no, well, I was doing all at the same time. I was doing a, I was doing a master's. I was doing my master's in petroleum engineering and my PhD in geology and working all at the same time when I was in Colorado. Yeah. I told you that split vein, uh, split brain, dude, compartmentalized information. <laughs> Holy cow, dude. You're on another level when it comes to this. <laughs> I don't know about that. It was efficiency. not very efficient process. I can tell you that much right now. I pro- I wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to do it, right? I mean, I got through geology, and that was definitely cool enough, and it's given me plenty to my curiosity, right, and just like applying geology. I love that. But, dude, you're talking about a day... I can't even imagine that day, dude. From sun up to sundown, from eyes open to eyes down, you're thinking of all the those different classes, all those different assignments, the all those different concepts. You're just eating them up, dude. You're compartmentalizing them. I don't, I literally don't think my brain can do what you did. Yeah, I, it's a weird skill, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> at, at first it was kind of. At first, it was pretty overwhelming because I came out of geology and going into engineering, right? When, In mind, quick question about geology. Yeah. Did they tell you anything else besides fossil fuels for oil and gas? Did they talk about like abiotic sources or like any other concepts that you remember in geology that said, here's how we think oil and gas is made, but there's some other ideas? Yeah, in grad school, yeah. I, for undergrad, I don't really I don't remember think that. we did. I don't really remember. Dove into that. But in grad school, we definitely talked about the kind of alternative theories on stuff. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Anything about serpentinization? You remember anything like that? Yeah. You know, I actually think uh, one of y'all's guys actually came out and gave a talk to us uh, nice. at one point talking about it. So for the student chapter for APG. Right on. Yeah. Right on. That's cool, man. That's cool. Really cool history. But the, the amount of work, man, that's amazing. So you, you're just absolutely driven all of a sudden. You didn't even want to go to college, but now you're polar opposite <laughs> after a degree and you're yeah. doing it like as hard as anybody. You're going 
like yeah. <laughs> like the LeBron James of academia, like true academia, not like Man, basketball. I, yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, but yeah, I don't know how I get myself in these situations. Apparently, I'm really bad at quitting. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on, man. So, what happens right after school? You get in a job. You're getting what's what's going on? Yeah, it's kind of weird. So, I was in grad school forever. So, I've been working in Oldfield since 2011, but I actually never got a full time job until 2019. So, I Whoa. interned for a lot of different companies. Was in grad school. Um, you worked at QEP on and off for years at Simrex for about a uh, year and a half, two years, year and a half. Um, and then a couple summers with Devin, did a summer with XTO. Um, and then last role, I was with Discovery Natural Resources. So my old boss at Simrex, he was the head of New Ventures there. Um, and then he left and went to Discovery, become the uh, vice president of, I forget what it was called then, Exploration and Development or something like yeah. that. Um, anyways, I stuck around at Simrex, and then I ended up leaving about a year after he left. He called him up and was like, hey, man, I need a, I need a job, bro. <laughs> and uh, he got me over there, started as an intern, and then, Fast forward, wow. kind of like two years later, they um, I actually got headhunted out of uh, them. I was going to start an exploration geologist job at Exxon, and uh, they ended up giving me a. And they were okay with it. They, I, you know, this was like a year before I was graduating, and no conflict of interest or anything. So, and when it came down to it, the work that we were doing, I was doing a lot of like really hardcore reservoir engineering. Which is really interesting. Is like I was doing all this like really hardcore reservoir engineering as I'm like courting this job as an exploration geoscientist with Exxon. What was the data that you were swimming in as a reservoir engineer? Like the the actual data is completion stages, flow back data. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Yeah, we did. I did more. We didn't, I, you know, I, I've got my reservoir engineering set. is kind of strange for most people. Like, I, <laughs> well, because I haven't really done a whole lot of like decline curve analysis and economics and stuff like that. Like, I can do it. It was just never really my bread and butter because I came from the geology side and because kind of, the, you know, had the kind of, uh, graduate kind of level education at engineering, there's not a whole lot of engineers out there with masters, right? I mean, it's yeah. mostly geoscientists, right? And so between that and then kind of my geologic background, um, I've worked on a lot of like really hardcore sciencey stuff. So the reservoir simulation, rate, you know, rate transient analysis, rate transient analysis, pressure transient analysis. Um, dude, I, I'd help out the our completions guy with frac models. Wow, um, what were you learning with that stuff, dude? It's I'm always curious. So I never got to really dive into that. We had an engineering department that was outstanding, but you know, it was it was their thing, and geology was ours, and it was blow and go. We, you know, we we integrated, but we didn't get to really sit in and figure out how how all right pressures now this, and in a week it's now this. Why? Uh, same thing with fluid rate, right? Flow rate is changing over time, and you you got all this really statistic, like really like uh, high resolution data. But the variables are odd, right? I mean, sometimes pressure and flow can be so weird, especially like oil cut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's really the thing is that that's what I always, I've kind of gotten myself in this niche as being the um, kind of the middleman because like I go in, you know, essentially go in and chat with all the geologists and like, yeah. I mean, I got a grad, or I guess I don't, technically I don't have a graduate degree in geology, right? So if you go in with a lot, you know, work geology stuff a lot, but I'm also a reservoir engineer. So essentially they go in there and talk about the stratigraphy or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. we're seeing this zone. We think this is a, you know, we think this is, I don't know, a geomechanical barrier or something like that. And they sit there and it's like, well, I would agree if you look at the kind of the clay mineralogy or whatever, it would make sense. That would be like, however, you know, we just right, did an interference right. test and it absolutely is not type of thing. So, and then go back Whoa. to the other side with the engineers, you know, and we're the ones doing the reservoir simulation, right? So essentially 
working between the geoscience and engineers, like what is the best way to upscale like the geologic model so we can run uh, realistic simulations right. that are actually like time efficient, right? I mean, we were really, that sort of stuff, like when I, especially when I was at Discovery, we were a really small shop and we didn't have a whole lot of money that we would spend on fancy software. So like a lot of the RTA and the PTA, uh, we ended up doing by hand or we would like build out spot fire projects or, you know, Excel sheets or something like that to do it. You know, it's not the most efficient way, but if you don't have the cash and you're wow. working kind of Super. hard rock, you got to do it somewhere or the other, you know, it's like we always, you know, call it blue collar engineering, you know, it's not <laughs> sexy stuff. We're not going there in Phuket and, you know, doing all this, you know, um, you know, hundreds of forecasts or something like that. So, Anyways, yeah, it, was, it was fun. It was yeah, a lot of work. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun, too. Right So on. kind of get to do stuff on the fly. Yeah. Especially if you're like, I like to be really creative and try a bunch of different things. So it's great for that. You know, you just test an idea and kill it. You know, test an idea out, fall it down the rabbit hole a little bit. And if you're that short staffed, it's like, well, it's either going to work or it's not. Kill the idea, move to the next one. You know, Damn. essentially just cycle through as fast as you can, as yeah, efficiently as you can. Makes sense why you got a super unique uh, experience because you got super unique way of getting through school. So those those match at this point. <laughs> Stories check it out, uh, man. That's interesting, dude. I, I just yeah, the reservoir modeling stuff. I can dive into that and just like you know the how much faulting and structural analysis was done in the in the modeling. Was there a lot a lot of structural geology in the? For us, no. I mean, because well, where I was doing a lot of that stuff, and I did some more when like when I was an intern at Devon, we were doing some 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 more of the kind of simulation, like simple simple uh, numerical simulation. But, um, or excuse me, anal well, I guess we were doing analytical and numerical. Anyways, um, for that stuff, not so much, to be honest, because like wow. I just never, I've actually never really worked areas that are structurally complex, to be honest. Like the whole Permian structurally complex. Well, yeah, but like we, were always, like we were working, when I was doing that stuff, we're out in the southern Midland, like southeastern Midland Basin, right, essentially just south of Glasscock Nose. I mean, you got oh, the big lake right fault on. down south, but... And there's definitely faults. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah. like I mean, it's not like going up on the freaking eastern march in the Delaware <laughs> Basin, right? Where you like, you know, you fart and like the freaking formation tops fall ten thousand feet. You know, I mean, like, I mean, it's just it's just not like that. You know, it's like the it's like the Plain yeah. View, Texas of like Wolf Camp. It's just, you know, it's like I saw Robert O'Keen at the show one time, uh, and he's like, you know, he's like. Did you know if you go to Lubbock on a really good day, a really good clear day, it's so flat that you can actually see the back of your head. <laughs> like a lot of this, the stratigraphy could, could definitely get very complicated. Yeah. But structurally, it, it wasn't that bad. It's gnarly, dude. The Midland Basin, if I'm remembering correctly, is on a high angle thrust essentially over the Delaware, right? If the Central Basin platform has... Uh, don't give me a lot about that. I'm not really a structural guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's not, that I'm is, just trying, dude. Yeah, I was like, I'm just trying to. Oh, well, yeah, the southern margins and stuff. I don't really know. That's Pangea, man. Yeah, saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the Washita <laughs> Rajni stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I don't really know the like the tectonics of CBP that well. To be yeah. Honest. So this this thing's on the south side of the Delaware Basin, right? So the the left wing or the west wing of the Delaware. That's that's the structural complexity at the south end of it. The central basin platform basically runs up the eastern side of this. You know, if you go straight east of that, you're in like the Valverde Basin, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the Central Basin platform is wrapping this way, and I'm I'm almost certain it's a super high angle thrust. So the Midland Basin has been kind of thrusted up over the over the over the side of Delaware, if I remember that correctly. 
It's super interesting, dude. And that's why the Delaware's got those crazy ass faults like you're talking about too, yeah, right? Yeah. We're on the, the downthrown side of that thing. It's, it's wild, wild structure. It's wild. Wild structure. Right on, man. Okay, so you got some cool, really cool experience. You reservoir engineering, but you can talk to the geology. They're talking about clays, you know, plugging things up. Dude, I could just pick your brain all day. Yeah, you should be a consultant, man. You should be yeah, sharing I know, right? these oh stories. Share oh no, that's what Sabata is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, dude. Right on. All right, let's uh let's let, where can we take the conception part of the show? You know, what what was it about? What was it about that experience, right? And and at this point through school, you realize that you do have kind of a unique way of thinking. You got you can compartmentalize, you're obviously taking in a ton of information, you're applying it. What made you think about over these last couple of, before these last couple of years, that transition to like, let's do this, let's do something, you know, kind of against, not against the grain, but you're young, right? Usually consulting comes at like 40s or 50s. Oh, you're talking about like starting Sabata? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, what I was, was like, well, I got laid off during COVID like everybody else. Like, and I was like, I'm not going to just sit here and just drink all day. <laughs> it's like for like, this thing's going to go on for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know shit about pandemics, but I know if you look at the history of them, they typically go a couple of years. Right. Like, well, I was like, the way I was looking at it is like, man, I don't really like the corporate stuff to begin with. Like, I'm just not the kind of the, uh, the whole po office politics thing. Just really, I just, I don't really care for it. Yeah. And I wanted to do my own thing and like, I'd rather, I always wanted to go off and, you know, go drill my own wells and all this other stuff. And I figured like, um, you know, we started doing some, um, I was doing at the time I was doing a lot of frackets at work and well interference work. And I wanted to keep going down that route and we never could find a good solution that was out there, like a commercial product to kind of yeah. do that. And so after I got laid off, um, kind of just thought about that, you know, I actually ended up filing for the LLC, I think within a week or something. Um, and then started calling up buddies like, Hey man, it's like, I really want to flesh this thing out. I think someone should do it. It's going to be the next step in all this. Y'all want to kind of partner up. It's like with COVID and prices, like things are going to slow. This is yeah. when you should innovate, right? Innovate yeah. during the down times, you cash yeah. in during the high times, or at least that's what you try to do. That's what they say. So the money's made when the curve goes up. Yeah. So it was just, honestly, it was just, uh, um, I don't know. It, it was just like, well, you know, like, we eventually started all this like well if we're going to do this we can do it now because essentially everything's on a fire sale right and but you want to make right like you, what was your how, how did you come up with the concept the uh, concept of of collecting the physical data oh right like what what, what drove that i mean there's a couple different parts there's really three parts that came together is one is my doctorate actually so my phd originally started out as a master's um looking at like the upper Cretaceous stratigraphy in the Piance Basin, oh, right? So like ass. the redheaded stepchild of the book cliffs, right? Where all the sequence <laughs> stratigraphy started, right? And then everybody, once they got to the state line in Colorado, there's like faults start popping up. They're like, nah, <laughs> screw that dude. I ain't gonna touch that. You know, <laughs> and there's actually a lot more wells too. So you can actually get a three-dimensional perspective on that. And you know, anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. But anyways, so I was kind of working that basin um, and we were working the fluvial section and trying to fit the fluvial section into like the kind of sequence stratigraphic framework. Yeah, it's fluvial. I mean, yeah. like I'm sure there's going to be some people's like, it's really tough to try to say sequence stratigraphic controls on fluvial right. in any circumstance. Right. 
in my uh, opinion. Yeah, high frequency maybe, right? Like top and bass, maybe a middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, so we've got Marine below us and Marine above us. So obviously we're in the middle of one cycle, right? It's like we got, we're bounded by transgressions in a funny service. Now, you know, I was always impressed with, uh, with seismic, man, and geophysicists. You know, when they get a good data set and they sit on that, the, the channels just pop out. You know, you can really highlight the way things are cut, you know, they, they gotta be big in, in geophysics. They don't see the real thin stuff, obviously, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing how the, the planets, you know, just been moving sediment. Like you're saying this oh, fluvial yeah. deposit and this sedimentary process is, is this big mask. It's a big complex mask over these bigger events, the bigger cycles that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, a sedimentary basin is just a bowl with a bunch of pancakes stacked in it right i mean all these different coniforms <laughs> and formations and stuff i mean seriously that's yeah. all it is it's it's these little thin little layers in the right. grand team of things these thin little pancakes yep that like They're have variable just, thickness yeah they start you got lumpy pancakes you got crepes in there <laughs> you know someone threw a fucking biscuit in the side and called it an <laughs> called it a carbonate bank and I'm you not, know i think it came <laughs> from that way yeah <laughs> you know. dude art the, so the model that i'm trying to you know apply to the permian and in, in what i do it's different you know it's the mud mud volcanism I, mm -hmm. i'm looking for high energy sources to lower energy traps and then you have you see those those events you see these pockets that 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 do seem to be pretty interesting you know and it matches up with the fluvial stuff you know when the laws of sedimentology when these things hit the surface they that's what they abide by but you can see the different sources so when you have them all stacked up it's not all coming from one simple way sometimes for sure and the, and it, it can get pretty complex and seismic man you just see it it's it's pretty badass Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that's the one thing people really forget. There's one thing I really liked about going, because going to mines, you know, like there's so much Cretaceous stratigraphy and like <laughs> the Western, obviously, the, I mean, the Western interior is really unique in a lot of ways, right? I mean, yeah. it's like there's not really anything else like it. No, in the, um, in the whole world, dude, Western United States is crazy. Yeah, and just like the style of it too, like how, you know, how you essentially had, you know, the Eastern part, you know, was definitely adding sediment in, but not very much. And the western part was just getting slammed by mountain chain by mo mountain chain after mountain chain for, you know, what a million years. 60, yeah, 60 to 90, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had the severe before that. And then the you severe, had, yeah, that's right. With all the other stuff like this, uh, oh, the Acadian, the, the Wachita. I mean, all that stuff. Western United States has been, you know, it feels, I think, the antler and the things that happened from the east through geologic time. But obviously, yeah, that west directed. Whew. Yeah, well, stuff it, is pounding. And the cool thing about like working those basins, you know, is a lot of those basins, the timing on them, like when they started moving and stuff like that, changes a lot. And yep. so you kind of forced to think about multiple sediment sources and yep. the currents and all those other things because yep. all these basins, some of them are really big, some of them are pretty small. You know, I mean, the peons is relatively decent size, but it's not yeah. huge. Right. It's got bounded on all sides. But anyways. Freaking yeah, cool, it's I always liked stratigraphy. Um, awesome. You know, I'm kind of a weird rock nerd, man. I love stratigraphy. Like, it's yeah. just one big puzzle that you'll literally never never solve, <laughs> um, you know. But, um, you know, at the same time, I really like the engineering side. Like, I like the analytical side a lot more, you know. So I, Yeah, cl clearly you, you jumped into that, too. You talked about that with some of the stuff you were picking up on as reservoir engineer and what you were doing there. And then obviously what you've done with this company, I mean, the database and the way that you've been able to, to take all this yeah, data. Well, and, and actually and get, kind of getting back to your original questions, like where the, where did all this start? Yeah. It's like when I was doing all this PhD stuff, we went out there and we're, 
working on these rocks and we were trying to fit it into the larger context and there just wasn't really there was definitely some good attempts but there i don't know it was just nothing that not enough that really satisfied me it's like all right well i'll just go to the fluvial section i'll drop down into the marine section that's equivalent time equivalent and then we'll work our way back up the system hmm. and then quickly realize like well that hasn't really been figured out either and the peons got like four different kind of nomenclature schemes where you are in the basin so I spent like the next Jeez. years going through it's like all right well how do we solve this or well let's just go and start collecting all the interpretations they made done getting into like one petra project and it was like a bunch of excel sheets and stuff and just throwing it up on a map right like yeah. seeing what people call what and it kind of grew over time to where essentially I, I built the precursor to all the Sabata directory, which is um, you could go in there and you can search. I want to see anything and everything having to relate with the Cascade, whether it's ISOPAC maps, what? whether it's published cross sections. You, you had know, that all organized and ready to go. You click on it and it'd pop up and uh, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. And it's all indexed by essentially stuff I had to figure out. It took me years to kind of figure out how to piece it together. Well, just yeah, know. the philosophy of what goes where, how you organize that, how you. Yeah, like mixing together like strat sections, you know, in with core and <laughs> yeah. with, uh, you know, well logs well, and stuff. Well logs, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of did all that, and it was always really cool. Hmm. It was interesting. Is, uh, I always thought it was really cool, and everyone always thought it was kind of like a neat trick, I feel like. And enough, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we actually, we published, I tried to publish a paper in GSR, or JSR, excuse me. What is that, JSR? Uh, Journal of Cemetery Research. Oh, I um, heard of it's that. like the big, that- yeah, it's like the big sedimentology journal. Um, I'm and so now, no, yeah. <laughs> is that Rotson? Is that the guy that's involved, John Rotsian? No, that's all through SEPM. So this journal's been around. Oh, it's for SPM? A decade. I don't even long, long time. Okay, yeah, runs under the S under the umbrella of the SEPM. Yeah, it's a yeah. JSR is a journal of SEPM. Okay, right. On. Um, but yeah, so they have this thing you can put in for like they call research methods. So we threw in a short paper of like like, hey, we've got this way to index geologic data. We think it's pretty cool, you know, and just kind of showing it out there. Like, he's like, yeah, people should be doing stuff like this because yeah. as geologists, one thing that drives me nuts about geology is we're not very good at documenting our work, right? And we're not very good at repeating it, right? I mean, just <laughs> what was I thinking yesterday? Man? Like, wall. Well, dude, I got, I got an eraser and I got colored pencils for a reason. <laughs> My ideas are changing, dude. Like, yeah, if, uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> and I, then I, you, I, I can tell you how. Like why I'm different than most geologists. I hate coloring. Like, <laughs> like I, I just like to me it's just why am I sitting here for hours? Like, it's like I should be farming this out to somebody else. <laughs> like, I don't know. A well, lot hey, of man, that's the, it. that's the just, interpretation, man. The <laughs> scratches of the colored pencil goes with foliation. You know what I mean? You get, oh yeah, no, you get I, into it. I like doing. I like solving the puzzle. I like doing the mapping, the crossing yeah. stuff. Oh right, the on. coloring. Screw that, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> someone uh-uh. come in here. Give your uh, six-year-old something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Color this, man. Yeah, it's just trying to kind of stay in the lines, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we kind of did all that. And we tried to publish this a paper to JSR, and yeah. the paper was rejected. And I've got the, the copy of the letter somewhere, one of the um, – Let's hear it, dude. I uh, can't imagine what they rejected you they, for. <laughs> literally one of the uh, reviewers – um, I think they just thought I was like a first year master student, just kind of lobbing in a, a Hail Mary or something, <laughs> yeah. like just how it was worded. But it was a pretty, actually a pretty famous stratigrapher uh, for Rocky stuff said that, oh, I said, I think it was quote, like, um, it's naive to think that this level of detail could ever be achieved in the geosciences. And 
because what ended up happening is when we published this paper in the methods, I gave one example, which one formation, which is the Castle Gate, right? Because like it's the most published freaking formation, you know, in in the Rockies, other than probably the Niobrara, right? Wow. Um, and so like whatever, it's just like the the one that everybody publishes on. So I just threw it out there, whatever. And when I sitting there and like getting this rejection letter, which is fine. And I'd said in the papers, like, Hey, this isn't like revolutionary stuff, but like, we should be doing this better, yeah. you know, and this is a way that we can do it better. And, uh, you know, they're sitting there like, it's naive to think this is going to be done, you know, at, at scale or whatever. And I was, and we're literally sitting there like, dude, it's like, we've got every, I mean, I've got like pretty much every cross section for the last hundred years indexed. And we just literally just gave you one, like, and we didn't even give you like, more than a couple percent right. of the database right, right. and wow. so i was like all right whatever so you know just kind of kept on rolling and then yeah. fast forward after covid or after covid started and got and got laid off and all that we uh had a couple buddies i worked helium stuff like helium exploration oh, stuff right? for a while yeah right on that's and, coming from the deep huh those are big structures to connect it to the deep for for good helium sources uh, yeah helium's weird there's a whole bunch of stuff in there but yeah <laughs> essentially you need really deep you need really old structures that are connected to highly permeable um sedimentary rocks that long scale migration wow. um, like through brines and Whoa, there's that's right a whole on. discussion in itself right on. but i'd worked helium what i thought was really cool and the price at that point was getting to like you know a hundred dollars in mcf this is like 2015 2016 it's kind of the same thing everyone's like well this is kind of cool but you yeah. know i don't really you know it's, it seems a little bit uh seems a bit uh niche i was like all right fine so i just got frustrated it's like fine whatever like i'll go start something else and then like fast forward a couple of years later now it's like almost 200 dollars in mcf and now people care again. These guys that saw that I had uh, done some of this in the past and, you know, I was just kind of sitting around and asked if we, we wanted to help out. So we went, went and digitized the whole, the Bureau of Mines had this huge database. They did over 100 years, 90 years across the U.S. with gas compositions. It was like these really gnarly uh, publications. It's all PDFs and they're crappy oh. PDFs <laughs> if you can even find you them. You OCR them and there's like a number four yeah, for that's the exactly e. right. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> And so we ended up in hand digitized all this um, and got what? it. It's a really slick little database. Yeah. What do you mean it's, you hand digitized it? I mean, eight of us sat down over the course of two months and typed all this stuff out by oh into spreadsheets gosh. and got it into a SQL database. Where's this data? You now have this database that's part of Sabata? Yeah, yeah. So if you go out there on the uh, on the directory, you can see the data types, right? If you click gas compositions, that's it. I mean, we, I'm pretty that sure. That data literally does not exist anywhere else. It's public information, but it's very tough to find, and it's very hard to consume because it doesn't. Most <laughs> yeah, of it doesn't even have. You control F anything in it. No, first you of can't. All. <laughs> no. Well, most of them don't even have API numbers too. Like ninety percent of them. So we actually had to go and hand find all of those wells to do it too. I mean, we probably wow. it, again, it is public information, but we've got um, the delivery. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've pretty much got the biggest helium gas composition database out there, as right. far as oh. I know. Right. Again, it's public information, but still really great. And we've got some other stuff too that we've been snagging. But that, yeah. So with that gig was those these guys we called it uh, Natural Gas Data Group, um, and uh, you know it went pretty well. And we got all the data; it looked really slick. And then when push came to shove, people just that was when when we finally got it ready to kind of start selling and stuff. The uh, that's when the markets really started taking off, and we weren't really seeing people as interested in it. Um, and then these guys were kind of doing it as a side hustle. You know, and like by this point, and I'll talk about the library purchase here. By this point, we'd already purchased this library in Midland. 
And it was like, this was like, we, you know, we got to really push this next level. Wow. And eventually it just got to the point of like, well, they want to do a side hustle. They had real jobs and like I didn't. So, you know, we ended up um, essentially buying them out of that. And so now Nat Gas, uh, Natural Gas Data Group, NGDG, um, is a subsidiary of us. We don't really do anything through that anymore, but we've got that data. So, but anyways, the reason I go through all of that is because of that data set, it covers the whole U.S. and Canada and parts of Canada too. So part of that because I was trying to look down the road to where we could scale this thing is instead of going and pulling those well spots one by one, we pulled essentially all the well spots for the U S and Canada, um, just, uh, as a rule. Right. So you're talking about millions and millions of well spots. Again, it's a lot of it. It's all public information. Right. And I used essentially my PhD work to figure out how to get it all to talk with the land grids and all this other stuff. So you can really search through the land grids and all this stuff easily. Spatially, yeah, recognize. exactly. Which is always the hardest thing, right? Especially like a place like Texas, you yeah. know, where it's just a, a huge pain to search for wells <laughs> by land grid. And so after all that, we ended up, um, so we kind of got, that kind of brought those two things together, which is pretty cool. And then the third piece of all this is um, we bought the uh, Petroleum Research Center in Midland, which is one of the three oil and gas libraries in town. So there's the subsurface library, which yep. is for-profit. There's the Midland Energy Library, yep. which is nonprofit. And then there's this other one, the Petroleum Research Center. It used to be called the Geologic Information Center back in the day. Wow. Um, it, I guess it was an old petroleum information library. So like the kind of the precursor IHS. It's oh, wow. been passed down a bunch of times, but it was always notorious that you could not find anything in there. They had a lot of good data, but it was like, especially the well logs were organized by what's called the Riley number, which is uh, just this holdover numbering system from this company called uh electric what elsie i'm gonna forget electric logging services inc anyways so it's essentially renumbering the wells by some other system yeah (laughs) well it's not renumbering the wells but numbering the logs see the thing is is like Uh api numbers didn't exist till 1962 64 something like that and the Railroad Commission did not adopt them until the 1970s. So if a well was drilled and plugged and abandoned or whatever yeah. by 1974, the Railroad Commission does not publish that API number. And so a lot, it, it gets really funky really quick. I, mean, yeah, I cannot dude. tell you how many times I've gotten in discussion with the API number. But, um, whoa. Yeah, anyway, so. We bought this thing. It was, again, notorious for not being able to find data, even though it had a lot of really good data. So we boxed the entire library up. Is about, I think, like, it's about sixteen or 1,700 boxes. And I'm talking about, like, boxes, like, you know, 36 inches long. Not um, a banker's box. You're, like, freaking. Yeah, like real boxes. <laughs> yeah. So me and my buddy Ronnie, uh, Ronco. Ronco! Uh, we're in there for about three weeks boxing this stuff up, all of it by ourselves. Took about, I think, I think I ended up figuring <laughs> it was about sixty thousand pounds of paper. By the end, Dude. our uh, uh, fingerprints were like totally worn off. Like I couldn't, like, dude. I was like, I couldn't like log into my Mac because like it literally could not ring a fingerprint. So I was telling everybody, I was like, dude, it's like we should have robbed a bank. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> or did we? <laughs> you know. Uh, and oh, so that was man. kind of the final the final of the three kind of legs on the stool. Sheesh. So I had the doctors, a way to organize data. We had natural gas data group, which essentially created the base layer for all Proof of our data. Proof of concept. Right? Yeah, the base layer. Yeah, the foundation. For all the land grids and the yeah. land longs for the wells. 
And then we got the PRC, which is like a lot of this really good proprietary data. Um, and they're like, well, how do we integrate literally 1.5 million pieces of paper into uh, like a digital platform into all this other stuff? Yeah. And so we ended up, um, I ended up kind of creating this kind of unique QR coding system, partnered up with a buddy of mine, um, uh, David Thule, who runs a company called Geolumina, him and his wife and a couple other folks oh, in Austin. Yeah, I see him around on yeah. LinkedIn. David's awesome. They do yeah. real, dude, the stuff they're doing for us is, is badass too. And, uh, essentially worked through them. It's like, Hey, we got this, we got a lot of data. I, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, their specialty is image processing and oil and gas applications. And so we have a really nice division of labor where they created an iPhone app for us where we can go and tag it. What we say, tag and bag the data. Essentially we put a QR code on a well log. We take snap a photo of the log header. Um, and then rather than scan the log, you have an image record of that log with a unique code on it. And so, so we can, look for that code and it goes to the database finds the qr code in an image file well so those images are filed by that code and then that code is then indexed by api number so when you go on our directory and stuff when you see a lot of these logs you'll see all this is a table of all the data that's available and it doesn't matter whether it's on paper or whether it doesn't matter whether it's on paper whether it's a tiff file or, a, or an las file it all looks the same on there um, and you can actually look at the code and it'll tell you exactly what it is. But the cool part of this is like, instead of like, we're doing a big operator job right now and saying, you know, looking like 5,000 logs, right? It's like, Hey, um, we want to scan this day. It's like, okay, we can scan it, but it's going to be like $10 a log. Right. And we can give you a discount. So you're still looking at like probably 35 grand or, or excuse mm -hmm. me, uh, 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 excuse me, 50 grand or 45 grand for 5,000 logs. Or we can tag and bag it with our little system. And not to mention that, it's going to average 10, we'll say, 5 to 10 minutes or more to scan each one of those well logs, right? Plus renaming and storing all of that, right? It's like, or we can tag and bag it with this iPhone app. Yeah. We can do that way faster. I mean, we I think we're clocking in right now. We can do it like four times faster um, than scanning. And uh, right now we're doing it for a fifth of the price. And then we bought 13,000 square foot of space in Midland. So rather than take 5,000 logs, scan 5,000 logs, spend a month, two months doing it and costing 50 grand, we can do that same thing. We can tag a bag it for $10,000 in weeks and leave it here, store it for you. And then when you want us to scan it, we go send the student workers out there, they'll pull it off the shelves. And then me and my full-time guy, we scan it. We'll straighten it, uh, straighten the raster, depth register it, and wow. lob it over to you, right? Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just a much more efficient way to do it. And it helps us because it kind of helps everybody because you can go through a lot more data way quicker, right? Which is good for us because that means we can work through more clients, right? Um, but it's also good, um, too, because it's just it's a lot cheaper way. You know, we're trying to figure out ways to get passive income too. I mean, consulting is not yeah. a scalable game, right? There's only so many hours in the day and half the time you're wasting your time on, you know, accounting stuff or, you know, doing the lunch things and convincing, you know, trying to convince people that, you know, that they do need the work or, you know, the rates, I don't know, it, all that stuff. So, so, okay. I got a question. I got an answer. <laughs> After, I'm not all a good this. One. After all this. And then I need another beer and we're going to dive <laughs> into the computer for the drill down. Okay. Um, you have all this data and you've organized all this information and this data and you made it easier and faster 
for it to be quickly available to somebody who needs it. And yep. then once they decide if they need it, then you take it to another, that next step and you have a deliverable yep. product. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It. Almost lost the mic. <laughs> uh, you got a deliverable product. That in itself to me, as you were speaking about that and as geoscientists and with the experience of needing to find all the data in this area as fast as possible and start making interpretations and, and making money, that makes sense. And I think that's that in itself is a great product. And your experience obviously teased that up perfectly. But in your opinion, in the whole data set, what is the most unique thing about it that is valuable today? Like what is the geoscientist looking for right now? And does your database have a specific kind of non-commonly available data set that is going to these guys and their interpreting outfit? Yeah, so the biggest thing is that we have stuff on our directory. It does not matter whether we own it or not. It's on there. Like, And uh, that is very, very unique. There's very few. There's only one or two organizations that are like that. Actually, I think there's only one that I know of, and they only do in, deal in seismic. When it comes to like geoscience, like the well logs and the cores and the cuttings and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, as far as I know, we are the only one that does it. Um, but you don't have to go like if you want to go find something like Andrews County, uh, which will show on the computer here in a little bit, probably. Let's definitely go to Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. So like Andrews County, Texas. Right. So just in Andrews County, if you want to look at all the libraries and the services and blah, blah, that overlap there. I think in our dashboard right now, you've got the Railroad Commission. You can go scrape. You've got the university lands, right? The university yeah. land school blocks out there. Yep. That you can scrape. You've got the Bureau of Economic Geology. You've got the USGS, the Midland Library, the Subsurface Library, APG, um, our SCG. library. Yeah, all the publications where people have published cross sections, right? Yeah. Whether it's APG, SEPM, WTGS, right? Then on top of that, you have the service companies. So TGS, IHS, Drilling Info, spec companies, whatever. Yeah, you've got mud logging companies, seismic companies, right? But to go find that, you have to go through that entire list of all of those to see maybe they have something or not, right? What we're doing is we're pulling all of that into one place as much as we possibly can, regardless of whether we own it or not. And so, again, like I've really, we really tell people this really is kind of the, and actually goes goes back to kind of one of the podcasts we're on like six months ago, is that we, it's like a Google search. I mean, you know, Google does not make its money by charging you and me to search, right? right? Google makes its money by monetizing the traffic. And what we're trying to do, we're essentially, at least in, I mean, this is going to might sound a little arrogant, but like we're kind of creating this market and capturing it at the same time. Yeah. Because it's free. Like we're, I'm not, we're not out here trying to, you know, be the next IHS. Like I have absolutely no desire, right, to do that whatsoever. We're going out here, we're building this directory, we're making limited features free. Because one, it's really useful, and two, selfishly, it gets people on our website, you know, and we can make some passive income off of that as the premium version, which you get more details, which we're releasing here. We've actually got a beta test live now. But also, two, um, that also allows us to get in front of a lot of clients yeah. because they're seeing our website, right, and getting on the website and using it because it's actually useful. I mean, that's a crazy idea, right? Something <laughs> useful for free? I mean... Somehow this like business model has totally missed the oil and gas industry. You know, I mean, honestly, it's like, it's like one of those things. It's like, we're sitting here explaining this and like, everyone's like, well, like surely someone's done that before. It's like, I'm sure people, I know people 
Companies definitely do this internally all the time, right? But, you know, we're not just doing it for like one basin, right? I mean, we're doing it for the whole U.S. We got right now 3 million records on that directory. It covers, I think, 35 states, six Canadian provinces. We just added oh, Gulf of Mexico on there. Geez. You know, it's not a very snazzy dashboard. I mean, I'm not a developer, you know. I'm I've, used it. I've used it, and it worked. It yeah, told I mean, me what you had, and I started figuring out. Blue-collar engineering, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you put me to work, dude. Your website put me to work, dude. which is a good thing. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, thought it would be valuable. I, I tested it, and I'm like, this is cool. I mean, my big thing is you don't need a Maserati to go to the grocery, to go to the grocery <laughs> store, right? You know, I feel like that's where a lot of the service companies – our selling is like, especially you see a lot of the uh, production data space and all the stuff, yeah. right? Is that everyone's working with the same data essentially, with a little bit of proprietary stuff sprinkled on yeah. top. Yeah, different algorithm and it's, or and, something. Yeah, and what you really get down to the the competition is its features, um, and it's the quality of the dashboard, right? And that's really yeah. what you're paying for more often than not. So yeah, right we're on. not trying to get in that game. You know, my goal, my ultimate goal has always been, continues to be, you know, we build the database up, we build some consulting off of that in order to keep the lights on the stuff. But ultimately, I want to be able to use this huge database and the relationships that we've gotten with these service companies and the libraries and everything to where then we can go raise some money and actually turn this from not just a, not a data shop, but like an investment shop, right? Because if you have this Ooh, enormous it's getting data completion set, part. Yeah, it was like, no, it's like if you have this enormous data set and you've got engineers and geosciences that spend all day, every day in there Look trying at, yeah. to using it, right? Yep. Why not be able to approach, like, say, smaller operators, smaller operators or someone who's looking for some cash? Um, or a lot of smaller operators have a lot of data that they want to get integrated. They just don't either have the time, the money. Right. Or a lot of people honestly just don't even know what's possible. And so our idea is that we're going to build this up, build the relationships that we're having with all these different folks. Um, and then eventually here soon, we can approach some of these smaller operators. And it maybe maybe it's only a well here and a well there saying, hey, how about we come in? We can provide data that we have or that we get through our broker. Yep. We're essentially building this data brokerage, right? We can provide data and we can manage this stuff for you. And, oh, by the way, we'll actually bring cash too. And we'll essentially, Let's how go. about you let us buy into this well as like a non-operating working interest, something like that. Like, yep. we don't want to own the asset. Yeah, we're right? just helping or, you get after a good, pro what looks like a good prospect. Yeah. Lever, lever your local ex expertise and our kind of data expertise and just all-around technical expertise. Like, it's one of those, have you ever seen a, um, Django Unchained? So one, Pieces of that movie, yeah. Okay, so there's this one line where he's it's going in, there's talking about, He's like, you can't just go up to a farmer and ask them, you really want this horse, like really, really want this horse, right? You can't just go up and ask the farmer that, hey, I want to buy this horse. He's like, they're not going to do it, right, unless you pay some ridiculous amount of money. He goes, the only way that you do this is you go offer to buy the entire farm, and then eventually you get back back down to kind of the horse. to buy it, buying the horse, right? And the way I look at this is with $95 oil and $4 gas, you can't really buy um, – old vertical wells or anything for a good price right now it's all the price is going to be totally overblown right you know and maybe you go in there and you try to give someone a dollar you know to get whatever percent out of there and maybe they like it maybe they don't <laughs> but if you go in there with that dollar and then put in some real sweat equity and say hey we'll put in this dollar and then we'll also help Provide. solve these issues for right. you you don't even have to do anything better you won't even have to pay for it right 
I think that's a much better business model to come yeah. in and get into areas that otherwise would be totally locked out. I mean, the whole Permian is scattered with operators that have been working families that yep. have been working that area for decades. Yep. You know, and don't let anybody in. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. But. No, dude, I, I completely see that vision. I think there's definitely shops right now that have even money, right? But they just don't have the idea. They don't, they don't see kind of where exactly that's at. And you're coming in and saying, if you build prospects through this, right? Or you allow no. someone to build prospects through this. Yeah, so that's the same for us. I mean, because again, we're a data shop and we're consultants, right? So we can't take sides. Right, and that's why this would be mostly is like I'm making this suggestion that you have a good prospect. You want to go drill it? <laughs> I'll put some money into this. I mean, the way I look at this is, you know, familiar with like the drill co model. You know, where kind of service yeah. company come in and say, "Hey, you go in a wildcat well, yeah, way out and out where Jesus lost his slippers." Right? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, man, like uh, we'll actually come in as a service company. We'll come in and we'll do all this fancy logging or fancy seismic or whatever yeah you know and then say and we'll do it for real cheap and we'll put money into the well as long as we can use it for future clients right and we won't give any of the data out essentially just you're just monetizing what you've learned like okay. the, the ip and the intellectual yeah. property kind of yeah. part, piece of it, right and that's what i i think for us is that ultimately it's want us to kind of build towards this essentially become the the drill co of drill codes right or if we have data that's huh. covering the entire u.s you know, where we can jump in. We don't need to be an expert in every single county and every single play, right? We just need to be good at our jobs and have a lot of data in those areas to where we can hopefully go in. And my goal is like, especially with Sabata with this office space, is that people come to us and say, hey, I've got this prospect. I've got this idea. Right. right. Um, but I need a little bit of data. I need some help or for whatever, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we go through it. And if it looks good, like, yeah, all right. Well, how about, you know, would y'all be interested in us participating yep. in the well? Yeah. Right. Type of thing. Right on, dude. That's that's the idea, at least. I mean, we're, that's we're a vision, good man. ways from there. But yeah. I mean, we're getting real aggressive right now because, you know, with $95 oil, man, we've been in two years building this database. And we've yeah. been in a lot longer than that kind of. Um, getting this thing organized in my head uh, <laughs> honestly integrating the compartments that you made it from. yeah 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 <laughs> gotta make these silos talk uh, <laughs> and you know that's kind of where we're headed now and right on you know it's kind of interesting sabato was always supposed to be kind of a, a practice run you know you know it's like well we'll do this don't have anything else to do you know, it's like Friday ain't got no job. Might as well start a <laughs> consulting shop, right? <laughs> and like now we're sitting in these things and, you know, we're getting offers to for people to to kind of buy into the company and stuff cool. like that. Right on, and dude. we're like sitting here having like, you know, the, we got four partners now and we're sitting here like, well, this is the first time we've done this. And like it's starting to get like kind of big boy stuff that we're, we've bootstrapped everything out of our own cash. And now we're actually having to like let – raise like legitimate money you right know on. not just you know like five thousand dollars here and ten thousand right. dollars there right. you know it's like you know we got overhead we got people yeah. you know i mean i've taken almost no money out of this company in two years i mean pretty much everything that we've brought in consulting right. and everything has been drilled right back into the company Bang, i'm, I'm about to sell my house in angelo to cash up for the next tranche you know i mean like i i Dude. don't know exactly where this is headed but i know where we're at now we're starting to look through the keyhole we don't know what's behind the door, but we can see, you know, we'll make something out. We're starting. Yeah, exactly. We're starting to see some very blurry shadows back there. And the shadows don't look super scary. Yeah. You know? not, nothing super questionable at this point. I don't hear heavy breathing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't hear chainsaw noises, you know. Oh man, I'm I'm freaking fired up, dude. We got to dive into the system. I yeah. got to see what you're talking about and I want to talk a little bit more of some couple of concepts that came to me while you were talking about about all this and and your vision, right? Cuz that's all it is. Your vision is ideas and then people get a part of that vision and it either like focuses it or makes it more wild or maybe it tells you like let's get rid of that one, right? You're integrating with new ideas with people that, you know, think totally different than you and provide some feedback. That's what I my, what I'm hoping to do when I'm watching this. I want to I want to see that and I want to put that to motion, dude, because I think you're onto something with your, your business model and that vision. I hope so. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. We're about to figure it out in the next 6 months whether we are. <laughs> Let's go, man. That's the rest of us too. That's the rest of us too. We're about to figure out what the hell's going to happen in the next 6 months. Yeah. I always know? like to go back to You ever seen that Bill O'Reilly scene where he like <laughs> breaks down like the teleprompter he doesn't understand? You know what I'm talking about? You got to go back and look. Family Guy did a whole thing where they just did it word by word. And it's this whole Bill O'Reilly. They, they give him something on the teleprompter. He doesn't understand it. And he finally, I mean, we can, can we cuss on here? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's finally says like, fuck it. We're doing it live. Oh, yeah. We're, fucking, yeah. we're right. doing it live. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Fucking thing sucks. Right? It's like a lot of. Loses it. Like I mean, I'm not trying to like trivialize what we're doing, but we're, we are we are, I mean, I think anybody that knows me knows me. I do not slow down for anything. Once Dude. we get rolling, you know, I like to think it's like once this is like a train, man. Once it gets rolling, it's really hard to stop. Man. And like we are constantly, I mean, it is every two to three weeks, man. We're, we're, we're pivoting, we're pivoting, we're testing ideas and we're killing ideas and we're testing yeah. another idea and killing that idea, right? Dude. And just moving as fast as possible as we can. Entrepreneur, man. And, <laughs> and it's very dynamic. Very it's, dynamic time. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Sometimes yeah. I wish it was a little less exciting. Yeah, I, I, you know, I believe it'll make a good. Uh, it'll make a good bar story at some point. Hell whether yeah, we win man. Or lose. <laughs> hell yeah. That's it. It's your story, man. Own that thing. Own it, man. It's a good one, dude. I'm I'm really listening. I, I had no idea you know the details of your background and how you tied that all together to, to what you're doing with Sabata. Okay. Uh we are looking at the Sabata Energy Consultants homepage. Right? Yes, sir. Are these the guads? Are we looking into the Delaware yeah, Basin? Actually, that is uh, Guadalupe Peak. Yeah, I did not take this picture. This is actually from uh oh my little thing's covering up. This is actually from Unsplash. I just go and I always get a bunch of little photos to put on there. So that is Guadalupe Peak, though. Right on. And that's definitely looking to the southeast. Uh, yeah, there's all those salt flats. Wow, man. Isn't that freaking wild? The basin, man. What a view. Yeah. At night, I heard it's amazing. The basin. The basin, El man. Basin. <laughs> I don't know. What's what's basin in Spanish, Rosinda? Do you know? Huh. I'll have to look basin. that up afterwards. Yeah. Right on, man. The only one-stop shop to find geoscience data for free. All right, man. Walk us through it. Yeah. Okay. So you go out to the website. Um, you, I mean, the first thing you'll notice is there's nothing super fancy out here. <laughs> I like to tell people we we focus all our time on building stuff rather than you know building the database rather than building the website. Um, we do have a services page out here now, finally. So now you can finally see what we actually do for a living. Um, but the cool part, what I really want to show everybody is the dashboards, right? So you got two dashboards out here. We got the geologic data directory. This is kind of the the bread and butter. Um, what we really do day to day. This is where we spend a lot of our time. We do have an induced seismicity dashboard out here now, uh, mainly because I live in Midland and getting rocked by all those earthquakes, and I got tired of TextNet's you know website is 
pretty crap for all the seismicity stuff and the railroad commissions isn't much better so anyway so we made one and released it for free so why separate uh directories why not put it in with the geologic data uh mainly just keep the size down okay. and because the induced seismicity stuff is mostly just uh earthquake data like there's not a whole lot there it's earthquake data there's some of the seismic like shape files from the uh the railroad commission for like the um, seismic response areas um and can then you put a layer if you really wanted to you could you throw a layer down of the all injection wells yeah we have that on there too so yeah, you got all right. injection wells and yeah actually we, i can show you right now now the only thing with these we're still running off of uh, tibco's um cloud servers so these things do take a little bit time to actually you can see while this loads up i'll show you um so the easy way to find this is sabata.us slash earthquakes <laughs> is uh the uh, seismicity dashboard okay um and the other one's the geologic data directory and this one is sabata.us slash directory so again they take a, a take a minute to start up if it's the first time if it hasn't been accessed in the last six hours but no. six hours yeah so uh, tibco actually their servers actually cache the data for a limited amount of time so we're running off a tibco cloud version so we run off of their servers that's just kind of pre-built stuff they're all right. They're not super great. We're about to move on to our own servers um, that we're putting on AWS or Amazon <laughs> Web Services so we can start caching the data longer, load faster, all that good stuff. So right on. You know, a lot of this is still pretty low tech. The data the data's there is good. It's clean. It works and runs very, very well. It's just building out a platform is very expensive, and there's not a whole lot of, like an actual like web platform. So we're kind of bare bones in it for now just because again i'd rather spend our time and money on getting the data right um and then we can get the rest of this later okay so here's the seismicity dashboard i'll drag this over so here's the seismicity dashboard super simple you got here this is all of the um earthquakes um published by uh, TextNet. so it's a essentially extension of the beg um, so essentially starts in January 1st, 2017 through the present. So I try to update this about every week. And then you have some kind of structure layer on there? Uh, no structure in it right now. These, what all these it? right here are actually faults from the USGS. Yeah. Yeah. So that's structural geology in red, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Those are all, uh, active. Those are, uh, surface faults that are active. Um, surface faults that are active actively yeah. spreading actively moving that they've had seismic activity within the last one and a half million years i believe it's what it is scroll back out a little bit it, uh, sure it just shuts off right, right oh on no this line. goes keeps on going on. no 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 as you go east as you go from the central of, of new mexico into the permian basin basically the the, the active surface faults shut off. Oh, yeah. Well, because everything out here, all this stuff is, uh, well, Basin Range Province, right? Um, mm -hmm. Basin Range Province was where it's all busting up. And that's actually all of this right here is the Rio Grande Rift. Remember? So the Rio Grande Rift is still spreading. Um, the Rio been. Grande Rift is still spreading. Yeah. And you got the Permian Basin on the freaking east side of that active spreading ridge. And you have a... What we call the Nakazari slab tear goes from basically the talc mines in Culberson County, okay. and it runs right through the gra Abilene Gravity Minimum. You see, yeah, you just run basically the I-20 okay. is basically the line generally of what's the Nakazari slab tear. It's this big basement feature. 
and it hooks up to the Nemaha Ridge at the at the tail end of this tip. The Nemaha Ridge structurally comes down through Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and you could argue that the whole thing right there is is connected hmm. in the deep, yeah, in the real deep structures. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Huh. So the Nakazori Slab Tear, and then the the way that that cloud comes off to the southeast, that big cloud in the Delaware Basin. Mm -hmm. that's the Texas shear zone that goes all the way into the Gulf of Mexico. And it goes all the way through Arizona off to offshore California. These are all the real old features. Yeah. Real old structures. Huh? It goes right along it, dude. Yeah. Right along it. These things are happening right along the big structural deep story of the Permian basin. It's freaking cool. Yeah. This is stuff. This is actually all public data. we actually, if you go out here, oh, I was supposed to delete that. Um, I'll fix that later. If you got here, you can go to the documentation. It will actually point you to where we got it. Now, some of this stuff, like you can grab it, but it's it's going to take quite a bit of effort to get it kind of uh, buttoned up as well as we do. But um, anyways, you can go in here and you can, if you zoom in, you'll see well spots pop up. So Look there's Midland. Uh, so those are all injection wells? No, these are all the wells. And if I zoom in farther, you'll see these are injection these are wells that are permitted as injection or disposal. Okay. Um, and if you zoom in even closer, you'll see the land grids pop up. Look at that. Yeah. And then you'll see now you see these went from little pluses to X's. Uh-huh. The ones with X's, these are ones that have injection volumes reported on TextNet. I just actually just added this in last week and Actually, we released it and didn't even tell anybody. I uh, forgot to. What are the, the what's the four point two million number? That's, That's how it. many barrels of water have been injected in that well between these two dates. So if I can, I can actually change this back to. This is what's cool about this. If you want to, you can change the date on this and watch. You'll see the earthquakes. This actually is a date filter, and you'll see the numbers recalculate. Give it a second. Okay, what? so that's how many that's how many like earthquakes there was through twenty twenty of um February fourteenth. So Valentine's like none. Day. Yeah, none. Right. Now part of that is definitely um Size sampling or sampling bias or they just weren't paying attention or they weren't really measuring that much out there or whatever like that. We're listening a lot more for sure yeah, today. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, but then you see the numbers recalculate too, which right. is right. Look cool. at now that thing's only done it hasn't even done a million barrels in that one well that's already at four million. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. You're right. That's why I put this in here. Dude. Yeah, you can see, I mean, you can see, like, everyone's like, I don't understand why this stuff is happening. It's like, bro, you're putting a lot of water down the <laughs> Like, you know, it's amazing. We had this in, Bra in Oklahoma, and when they stopped injecting, like, magically, the earthquakes went away. I mean, it wasn't overnight. Four, you know, yeah. Four million barrels of brine, right? Well, so, <laughs> actually, this was two years ago, 2020. What? So, that means they put... Even more. three million barrels in the ground in the last two years. On so that, that well. thing's actually at a number like seven, five, six, seven. No, this was filtered through. Oh, let me go back to it. That is incredible, dude. Forty-two gallons per barrel. Yeah. So there's so forty-two yeah. times four million. 42 yeah. So eight hundred and twenty. Well, actually, let's just do this. And what's today's date? The eighteenth. Wow, that's. Really, really powerful stuff, dude, to see volumes like that in a in a in a timestamp. So this is all like super current. We're looking yeah, at Yeah, so these are all seismic events in the last two years. Now the numbers here uh the numbers here mean this was this much was injected up until twenty twenty two. So this doesn't react to the start date. The the volumes don't. 
Um, but yeah, essentially, so that well, yeah, that well's got 42 million barrels, or excuse me, 4.2 million barrels. 4.2 million, dude. And let's see. If you actually click these little radio buttons on the side, you can actually interact with the layers. So what? if we hover over it. What? That is the maybe three SWD number three in Martin County. And disposal into non-productive zone at 13,400 foot deep. And basement's at like 15 or something like that, 16? Uh, I do not know. In the Midland Basin, I think it's... uh, It depends on where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, yeah, I think out here you're probably... Yeah, generally something around there. So, yeah, I mean, this and this is all free. You don't have to register an email for this. Like, we're we're just idiots, I guess, and just put it out there so anybody can look at it. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. It's like, since I put this out, I literally... I'm not even joking. I spent about six hours on a Sunday putting out the first version. And like, you know, I was like, I'm tired of like... You know, I got a big fish tank at the house when that last one came through in December, like almost rolled a wave out of my fish tank. What? I was trying to go online, trying to find out anything. And what like, was it's that? Almost, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find any data. It's a finally, you know, one Sunday, you know, with a few too many whiskeys on me. He's like, <laughs> screw this, man. I'm putting it, I'm doing it myself. You know, we're doing it live. Thank you. You know, <laughs> thank you. Fuck it. Let's, <laughs> yeah. go, let's do it live. Yeah. And so I put it together and threw it out there and, We've gotten actually a lot of it, uh, quite a bit of attention off of it. We've gotten some, actually, some billable work off of it too. And but honestly, what we're really trying to show you is like, I am not an induced husbandry expert. I'm not even close, right? But this, what we're trying to show you is just kind of the power of the data of like the data we have in house, plus our kind of talents as, uh, as being able to create dashboards. Spotfire is by no means the greatest tool in the face of the earth, but it is a really handy tool and a lot of people use it. So, yeah. and, you know, I can host dashboards out here for effectively free. So, yeah, so we got these, um, you know. What these do you know nice. about the big boundaries? What do you know about the the big areas, like that red line that's been drawn by the Railroad Commission? What is that? It's, so if you look at these, if you hover over the layer, yeah, it's a distance. So they're like, you'll say like, that one's the Stanton SRA, or excuse me, no, Gardendale SRA. Um, and that, well, it doesn't say for that distance. We go to the Stanton one. Yeah, so there's the Stanton SRA there. So that's that one that popped in December, kind of out of nowhere. But you'll see that you get the distances. So it's like 4.5 kilometers, 9 kilometers. I don't remember exactly what, how that is defined. Okay, so it must be kilometers from the epicenter of that earthquake. And like I said, all of this stuff, you can go out and... uh, we give you the links. So, it's awesome, dude. Yeah, like I said, this is just, adver- I mean, this is honestly just cheap advertising for us. And it's worked, actually. Um, yeah, I bet. We've gotten yeah. actually quite a few people are looking at this and been calling us up. Like, <laughs> I think some of them, some of the, some companies that are doing this and selling it as a product, you know, like, dude, why are you releasing this for free? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Right on. Like, we're, you know, we're a small company. We're young, you know, and like, you know, my last role as a technical advisor, you know, and, you know, part of, you know, consultants, like you said, typically kind of the gray hairs, you know, because someone who's been in for decades or right. however, right, made their bones. And, you know, and I, and I totally recognize that, you know, we're young, but we're hungry. And so, you yeah. know, we're put these things together to show people what we can do. Well, yeah, you know, and, and if you, you don't, clearly, you know, you weren't waste, you were not wasting your time <laughs> becoming, you know, the Sabata consulting energy energy consultant stuff do you like you're combining incredible amount of talents and skills very specifically right and you put it in this very 
like applicable way, right? Like, like you, yeah, you're I mean, com- blue. I mean, like I'm a terrible salesperson. You know, I tell people like, look, it's like, I'm, we're going to build exactly what you want. Um, nothing more, nothing less, you know, like I'm not, you know, just because I don't know the way that I do this is what that I liked when we hired consultants or whatever. Right. You know, it's like, obviously you're always trying to get an upsell, right? You know, like I'm trying to like provide the service. Like, oh, we could do this as well. Sure. But man, it's like, I got so tired of like getting pitches from so many dashboards or whatever that are so expensive and like the functionality is crap, you know, or maybe there's some really good data in there, but I don't know. It's just our stuff. I mean, we're pretty transparent. You know, if we can't do it, I'm going to tell you, you know, but we'll try to help you find the next spot. I mean, there's a reason I moved us to Midland, right? Is because, you know, this is where the action is, is boots on the ground, right? And so the injection date, just back to the seismic stuff real quick, the injection data is up to date till to when? Uh, For that one. I think I updated. So 14th, so four days ago. I have to go manually pull it. It only takes a minute or two, but. Takes only a minute or two to get that data. Yeah, I just go out to TextNet and then I just download it and then just replace the file and Spotfire and it redoes all my data transformations and calculations. Jeez, and stuff. dude. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, like the hardest part is like anything stuff is building it the first time. Once you build it the first time, everything else is incremental improvements, right? Incremental improvements followed by step changes, right? Right on. Yeah. Right on, dude. Yeah, that's that's a super interesting database to go look at right now to to really pay attention to what's really going on in the seismic activity and what's good. What's happening? I mean, the the I guess the reported data for injection wells is probably a couple months old. So even though you're uh, updating it every day, no. So uh, I can actually show you. Yeah. So I give all the raw tables with the calculations that we did. And actually, I think. Oh no, you can't download it. But yeah, so you can go by county name, API, uh, UIC. So this is the was it under ground injection? Yeah. Something. I, yep. I can't remember. Nah, Underground injection. Yeah. Um. So, anyways. The, the type and then the date of first injection and last injection. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean, at least from me looking at the documentation, it doesn't mean that this well just started injecting in 11-1-2019. This is just the earliest period that they reported, whoever the operator was. And the so, last injection date reported is there, and that one says, like, what, January? Yeah, some of these are January 1st, 2022. Right. So it looks like end of January, end of December. Yeah. I just added this is... This part of it is totally new. I just added this in four days ago. And like I said, we and then the color here is the amount of water. I mean, look at some of these things, man. This wa- this well. Andre the Giant. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I did not notice that. Props to whoever drilled that. Um, yeah, so Andre the Giant, number one, actually is a giant. And they've injected 20 million barrels of water in there oh in the last two God. years. In the last two years? That's what it says. 11 <laughs> 1 to 12 31. Wow. Unless I've calculated these wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm not I mean, saying that. You. How much is that? 20 million in two years? Uh, That's about my salary. You know, if you <laughs> Shit, I wish it was my salary. Maybe in pesos <laughs> or bot, Thai bot. You know, it's worth 100 to 1. Uh, in two years, so 24 months. Yep. What's the average right there? The average is around 28,000 barrels a day. I mean, there's whole oil companies that don't make thirty thousand barrels a day. 
a year. <laughs> I, that's insane. I mean, to me, a lot of this stuff is like if there's insane that that much water through, you know, it's not a very big space. Anyways, right. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like I said, I just think it's interest or interesting. Mostly, I think it's interesting because it shake keeps shaking my damn house. Right. No, it's apartment. definitely a real. It's real thing, and you like, know the. Well, like I said, this is why I put this out there. Is like you literally can't. You can get all this data on here is publicly available, right? But you can't go anywhere else that I know and access this sort of. This is really simple stuff. But you can't access it for free anybody else anywhere else, which is ridiculous. I mean, you the BEG and the Railroad Commission are paid by our taxes, right? You know, and the whole town's getting shook up right now and has been for. And they can't years. go to a source outside. It's of yours. like yeah, it was like doing you know minimal effort. If you want to understand and study what's actually happening in the seismicity of these areas in West Texas, your 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 database database is the only one that I'm aware of that you can quickly access and start seeing that and figuring out what maybe is going on for free. I don't know if any I don't know anybody else is doing it for free. And this stuff is pretty. I mean, to me, this is really simple stuff. It's not that complicated, functionality wise. But I think it's good. I mean. Dude, you know, but yeah, awesome. I mean, you go out there. I mean, like I said, you don't, we don't even have to get your, e I mean, we don't even snag your email address at this point. Can I upload layers onto your database? No, I wish. <laughs> I, we yeah. get that question a lot, but no, Spotfire bad. doesn't. There's a problem with like, because we're, I like Spotfire as a really good tool for a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things. The problem with Spotfire though um, is because we don't have our own platform built out. You know, we're relying on the functionalities there. We're limited by the functionalities in Spotfire itself. So I'd love to go do all the other stuff, but, you know, it's like, hmm. you know, I got to convince someone to give me a million dollars to go build a web, you know, go build, go build that. What about a, like, uh, exporting one of your layers? Um, you can in the premium version, not in the free version. Oh, right on. Yeah. What's you can what? actually export the tables. The G, like a shape file. I want just a shape file of the, oh, the spots um, and not the shape file. You can't d really download shape files out of Spotfire, but I mean, everything we do is a la carte. I mean, uh, we're uh, so if I want, if I want if a couple want of man, layers, dude, you'll you'll ship me those layers for an individual cost of yeah, the shape file. And you tell us what you want, you know, we'll 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 make a price right you know, on, dude. The, PBE price, yeah, what's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, honestly, I mean, because we're. We're scrappy. I mean, we're doing this out of our own cash. You know, yeah. we're trying to keep the lights on. We've we've spent a lot of money getting to this point. Dude. You know, I mean, you spent a. We had to realize we, I was doing this for a year and a half. You know, sixty, eighty, hundred hours a week. You know, in the dark in my office in San Angelo for eighteen months before we even told people what we're doing. Right on purpose, so we could we have kind of a head up on all this stuff. Right. You know, now like now I'll show you the data director here in a second. Now you know I could regularly add. If the data is pretty solid and it's not super messy, like I think last Saturday or two Saturdays ago, I think I added like we added like 300, 350,000 records um, to the website. And it took maybe five, six hours of time what to do it. I mean, Man. the whole company's two people and four student workers. I mean, honestly, you know, it's like we move fast. I mean, that's it. If, if you're, if you don't have a whole lot of cash, right, and you're young, the to me the the only real competitive advantage is that you drop the prices and you move very 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 quickly i'm sure there, there's definitely other ways but at least to my pea brain those are the two that pop up <laughs> to me you know well effing done and well said sir all right we're looking at uh volumes i was curious about that 
visualizing the data. You showed me some cool stuff that I didn't know as far as like clicking on layers and then you hover over it and actually tells you what's behind it. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I've actually got two. Um, we've gotten here too, so you can see the list of all the deep um, SWDs that this is what's been published by the Road Commission. Right. Um, I need to, I, what I need to do, and we're going to do it soon once I get the time, is I actually need to do like a little webinar thing on Zoom, like how to interact with all this stuff too. That's what we're doing the, it, man. This is it. Yeah, touche. <laughs> Welcome to Sabata Energy yeah. Consultants <laughs> yeah. webinar series yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So we'll do some voiceovers, put out some clips yeah. for you. I'll go good. smoke a cigarette and get my get my uh, movie announcer voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get that David Allen Co. voice yeah, going. There you go. Solid man. <laughs> Once All right, upon dude. a time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, man. Uh, let's take a look at the the yeah the other database that yeah. you call so, what is it? Uh, the data directory. So yeah, so this one, like I said, oh, thank you, Zoom. For <laughs> I know, that. dude. That's so that one. Um, so again, it was just sabata.us slash earthquakes. And if you go to the, the uh, website, it's just up here. The other one is the data directory. Geologic data directory. That's correct. Yeah, because it is mostly geologic data. So like I said, these take a, these can take a minute or so to load up the beginning. I know it's annoying, but, you know, it's free. So, you know, <laughs> it's like people are paying $10,000 a month. You know, I think waiting yeah. 30 seconds or something alone would be annoying, but, yeah. you know, we're, we're fixing a lot of issues right now, but the data's clean. So, anyways, you go through here, you click to access it. You can, I will note, for those of y'all are listening, you can look at this on your phone, but it looks like crap. I swear it's not me. It's just the, it's just the, uh, sp uh, Spotify, it's just the software. So, if you go on your desktop um, or laptop, you actually don't even have to have good internet to access it. That's actually really important. You don't need like gig internet to access these dashboards because the work is actually being done on the server. So as long as you get just a laptop, you can see all the stuff. So yeah, so when you open it up, this is what you come out to, the landing page. Um, so it gives you a little explanation up here. So essentially, this is the big thing I tell people over and over and over again. And this is what makes us unique compared to pretty much everybody else is that our data directory includes, it, includes physical and digital data owned and or digitized by Sabata. It also includes data that we've scraped. So we've gone out and actually downloaded the well logs off the Railroad Commission. Publicly available stuff. Exactly, right? It also includes data records created by uh, Sabata with participating oil and gas libraries. And actually, this is a misnomer now. Originally, we just did libraries. Now we're actually dealing with service companies too, and I'll show you a list of that. And then last but not least, it's data records found online and integrated into our database, right? So what we tell people is that if we can buy it, we buy it. If we can scrape it, we scrape it. If we can get an index of that data from someone, if they publish a uh, like an Excel sheet of it, we'll grab that and bring it to the database too. And if we find something that we think is high value that we don't own, we can't scrape, and there is no data list, we'll approach them and work out a deal saying, hey, would you let us come in here and index this for you um, for free? Um, and we'll we'll do it for free if you let us broker the data through us. You know, um, and again, it's a way, number one, it helps a lot of these, especially libraries or these kind of traditional oil and gas libraries are really struggling right now. But it one, it helps them out quite a bit because it's effectively free marketing for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is really like, is this is our pitch to people. It's like, hey, all I need is an API list of your data and I can throw it up here in usually a couple hours. And if you've got an API list, I won't even, we won't charge you for it. We're not going to take any piece of the sales anything Jeez, we just dude. want to get up here we're trying to capture as much of this stuff on one platform as possible now not everyone's going to share it, right like 
I don't think you Schlumberger's know, walking in, giving you everything they have specific, like yeah, wild yeah, data. and like you know, and like TGS isn't going to give us those lists, those logs. I don't think I'd love to have it, but you know, I doubt these bigger shops are going to do that. But you know, there's a lot of smaller uh, operators and service companies and libraries you know, that want to market that stuff, but either they don't have the time, the money, or the talent to do it themselves. So that it raises a good question too that I had while I was surfing your data and looking at these, you know, logs and potential data sets in this area that I needed to study. Yep. Getting paid to do it. Like, I better find everything fucking possible. I was like, okay, so I want that log or I want that thing. Yeah. You know, where do you, how do you order that? How do you, con what's the most efficient way to say, bang this is you know i yeah. i need to send that information we rely on very boomer technologies that you just call us up or shoot us an email is like that you, right you can't do it through the through the website right now click check send yeah you just gotta <laughs> like and honestly i'm sure we lose a lot of clients or customers that way too it's like if you want it now if it's stuff like uh like new tech we just put new text data on there oh, cool. or stuff like we put fairfield's 3d seismic nice files on you got mud city on there uh yeah actually yeah what we let's put those throw on that up so we've thrown those on there you know we're not brokering that data right you know, although i wish we were you know some of this <laughs> other stuff too um say look but we percent yeah <laughs> but like some of the stuff we do broker so if it's on there and we don't broker it if you email me say hey i'm looking for this log like okay cool um, I don't have it, but let me put you in contact and I'll Gosh, just draft up an dude. email, sign down the client, say to new tech or whoever, and say, um, hey, you know, Joe Blow is wanting these well logs out here. Right. Um, this is um, Galen's the guy that we talked to. It's like, this good. is Galen. He's the BD guy over here. Um, can you please help him out? And I was like, and I'll let y'all take it from here. Dude. I mean, that's, that's really it. It's it, amazing service, man. Well, the thing is, is, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the way I think about this, it might be silly. You know who Red Adair, uh, you know who Red Adair was, right? Yeah. So Red Adair, world famous, like uh, uh, oil field firefighting, right? Like the movie Hellcats, right? Like John Wayne is actually based off of Red Adair. And so Red Adair was, was notorious that um, if you had a well on fire, um, he would help you out for free if he could do it over the phone. So if you had a well on fire or blowout that's going crazy, yeah. if you called him up and if he could walk you through it over the phone, didn't matter if it's five minutes or 12 hours, he would do it for free. Wow. But the second he had to show up with equipment, then he's going to charge it. Yeah. He's going to charge it pretty damn well too. Yep. Right? And that's kind of what – that's kind of what – and because of that, it doesn't matter if you had a blowout, you were going to call Red Adair because why not talk to one of the world foremost experts if he's going to do it to you for free, Right. I mean, that's, a, that's at least for my pea brain, that's phenomenal marketing, right? Like you want to be the go-to guy. And we kind of tell people like that's the whole reason we're Midland, you know, is that essentially we want to be effectively fixers. You know, it's like if you got a problem, like, hey, man, hey man, I need some well logs. Like, yeah. I, I don't have them, but, you know, so-and-so's got them. So, yeah. like, you know, hey, let me call a friend of a friend, right? Jeez, and dude. nothing else, we can kind of start building those networks. Again, because we're young. You know, it's like you gotta you gotta get creative about stuff. You know, right on, man. So if you're looking for something and you want to figure out where it uh, where it is, just shoot us an email. It's, I got your cell phone number, man. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm call and breathe heavily for like two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Why is there heavy breathing on the other side of this door now? Three in the sudden? morning. <laughs> Three in the morning. Let's go, <laughs> dude. Um, but and then also you could. What's we still that? got the the computer screen. Cool. 
Right. So we're just gonna the video died. So we're the battery finally died because we just keep going with this. Oh, sorry. Nah. It, dude, it's awesome. And we'll just end it. You know, the you kind of went into the completion segment of this stuff. And, and what we're talking about is like the drill down. Like this is the database. Are you going to actually drill down into some of the yeah, Texas yeah, yeah, area? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if you're looking for the, uh, if you're looking for the data, y'all can just shoot me an email. It's info at sabata.us. It's really easy. Info remember. at sabata.us. Yeah. It's .us because I named the, I named the company after a movie character and then realized afterwards it's nearly impossible to get a URL <laughs> off a movie character movie. <laughs> movie character. Yeah, I, can't yeah, get I was wondering what the hell Sabata was. Yeah, so um, I, I got really into Spaghetti Westerns for a while. So I named my What's first... Spaghetti Western? So Spaghetti Westerns were these... were So the typical Western most people think about are the John Ford movies. So John Ford's director. If you can think of pretty much any... John Wayne movie, right? Okay. That's John Ford was the director, right? Okay. So think of Monument Valley, uh, Monument yeah. Valley, you know, very um, kind of uh, nicer view of the West, right? A palatable view for kind of 50s and 60s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, type of personality, whatever, right? Um, the Spaghetti Westerns really uh, invented by Sergio, Sergio Leone. Um, the first one being uh, a fistful of dollars, um, and that, uh, <laughs> that, that that's where Clint Eastwood broke out. Oh right? wow! And so um, he actually didn't even have a name in the first movie, but he essentially he's just really low quality movies. They're westerns, but they're very violent, like all the gunfights and all that stuff. You talk about like the antihero, right? I mean, the spaghetti westerns are really the antithesis of like what an antihero is. You know, the black hats and the white hats, right? <laughs> right. The black hats being the bad guys and the white hats okay. being the good guys. But anyway, so in the spaghetti westerns, it's typically the the character, the main character is not he's not a good guy, but he's not necessarily a bad guy either. So like a kind of a modern take of that is like the Mandalorian, right? With Star okay. Wars. Like the Mandalorian is is a is a spaghetti western. It's just a spaghetti western <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. I'm serious. I, 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 you think you're the only one that's ever said that? Yeah, I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that's like uh, Quentin Tarantino, man, for like Inglorious Bastards. His yeah. whole thing is that Inglorious Bastards is a spaghetti western set in World War II Germany. So, um, wow. it's like now the that style. you say it and you've explained it, I'm like, yeah, that kind yeah, of Yeah, it's the style and it's the, it's the music, right? Like Ennio Morricone was like, they had to do a lot of the music. Anyways, Dude, they call you love spaghetti. movies. You're What's a that? movie guy. Yeah, I definitely do love movies. Right. So, on. the. Uh, Spaghetti, they call them spaghetti westerns because they're mostly filmed out of Italy. Um, huh. A lot of them out of Florence. So they do right a lot on. in Italy. They would shoot them in Spain a lot. They didn't actually shoot them in the U.S. that much. And they also uh, did this like this Babel of Tower kind of thing where what? every person in the movie spoke their native tongue. So during those movies, Clint Eastwood would speak English. Yeah. And then the Italian actors would speak <laughs> Italian. And then the Spanish actors would speak what? Spanish. And they would dub over it with English afterwards, right? Gosh. And it's just like, I can't even imagine, uh, like, sitting in a conversation. Or, like, they're, they're acting. You know, they're, they're going off each other's reactions. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> the the number one actor that was, like, the bad guy in all of them is called Lee Van Cleef. Uh-huh. They called him the best of the bad, right? He was the ultimate black hat, right? Um, anyway, so I named my first little LLC, LVC Land Company, was what I do like some little real estate stuff in. Um, and then all of those, we've been naming all the other LLCs, like characters they played. So Sabata was this like really crappy trilogy at the end of like this, 
the spaghetti western era kind of like <laughs> early to mid 70s i think <laughs> and yeah it's like it just i wanted something that sounded unique i'm half mexican so i wanted something that sounded right a little on. spanish right on. right so yeah so that's how we settled out so we used to tell everybody's like you know it was like what's your goal as a company like your vision is like to become the anti-heroes of oil and gas data <laughs> right you know we're not coming in here to you know you know buy a $300 lunches to sell you a $10 subscription, you know, like we're coming in here just giving it's expiration is selling expiration data and that's it. It's there as simple go. as that. So anyways, right on. So yeah, so that's where Sabata came from. So, uh, yeah, so that's actually why if y'all look at the logo, that's why the logo always looks like this old school kind of Western fonts. Okay. That's, that's why that's where it's coming it's like from. Like those big, bold yellow letters at the beginning of those movies, like Tarantino movies. Yeah. Tarantino stole that style from spaghetti Westerns. Right so, on. Anyways. Yeah. So you get in here, um, you can go through and you can see the first thing you see is this heat map. So this is how many records we have on a per County basis. So if you zoom in, you can see some more details. So I'll just go out to the Permian. Yeah. You know, if I hover over Lee County, New Mexico, as of right now in here, we have 87,000 data records for Lee County. And that doesn't mean I'm not talking about like I have 87,000 well spots. That means I have 87,000 rows of um, well logs, either well logs, uh, drill stem tests, completion cards, cores, cuttings, uh, thin sections, whatever uh, in that data table. And out of that 87,000, it'll tell you who owns it. Uh, yeah, it'll tell you who owns it so you can go find it for yourself. Now, we don't give away all the secret sauce, obviously, because we still have to make money one way or the other. So this is what we're doing with the premium version, where the premium version gives you a top depth and a bottom depth oh, of cool. the uh, of uh, like the logs from. and or the geologic formation stuff like that. So, that's cool. But yeah, so you can kind of see. Obviously, we're pretty hot and heavy in the permian because that's where most of the rigs are. Yeah. Um, and you can see now we're starting to creep up into Appalachia. Now, hopefully, we're going to be releasing a whole lot of Ohio data here pretty soon. Yeah, you got the big hole of the Michigan Basin. Yeah. Well, and actually, the reason for that is because. Illinois is incredibly hard to work with. They don't, you can't actually download well spots for free from Illinois, which what? is, uh, for me, is ridiculous. But. Whoa. No, I was talking about Michigan. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. The big Michigan base. Yeah, there's a lot there. of Michigan data. Actually, a lot of this is at the BEG. Is that right? Yeah. I don't That's know. That's a big, why, freaking but. crazy hydrothermal vent thing, dude, for sure. It's a perfect circle. It's super old. The geology that freaking circle that we're looking at dude is so wild yeah so wild well so this just kind of gives you a flavor of the coverage actually we're going to be putting this on the web page and this will be the first thing so you can see how much coverage yeah. honestly at this point this map isn't going to really change too much it's going to get redder because essentially <laughs> we're just our coverage area is definitely improving it's definitely getting bigger but i mean we pretty much cover all the major basins right now so so uh, Right now, like Permian Basin, or just the map as a, as a heat map right now, is just the total records, right? Yep. Per county. Yep. If you can, you say I want to see API gravity data. All you know, and not it, yet, but very soon. Is that um, right? We've actually been talking with. I want to call Mateus out um, with Whitson um, about trying to get. They have a lot of PVT data. Um, now Dude. theirs is all like we we will not house that data ourselves, but at least uh, get it on a map to where you can search with it, just like everything else. 
Wow. So yeah. So hopefully, hopefully here in the next uh, month or two is one. Man. So and how do you keep up that. with communicating all these updates? Like to you, it's not a big deal. You knock it out in five, six hours, something that sounds like it, it would take me five, six years. Well, so everything is just built in a SQL database. So all I have to do is we just bring in that new data into the, uh, I'll build a specific table or update a table. And all I have to do is just because everything's talking, I just have to hit refresh export it back out. We actually export everything out right now as CSVs, um, which is what this is built off of. So this is actually totally air-gapped from our database. Like there actually is like people, even if you could hack this or whatever, like you can't actually get back into the database from this. Wow. So, How does a follower or a subscriber or a, a premium member of Sabata stay up to date on what you're doing? Right now, the best thing is LinkedIn. Uh, we're really, especially me, really, really, really active on LinkedIn. Um, we will start, um, we actually started collecting kind of emails and stuff like that for like a MailChimp yeah. that we're going to be releasing here probably in two weeks. But now um, you got to make a MailChimp and a LinkedIn. You might as well just keep going hard on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do. We definitely need to do a MailChimp because I know a lot of people don't do LinkedIn stuff. I love LinkedIn for a lot of reasons, but um you know it's not the most effective way to because a linkedin is not a it's, it's a passive uh, announcements right like you have to yeah you, you rely on the user to go through and just check the page right yeah um but we um versus email you can send it to a lot of people that aren't right. on linkedin so yeah no i get it uh right on dude so that's all going to be like searchable at a high level and then you obviously can zoom down all into your yeah. little postage stamp yeah so the next page in here is kind of the data sources so the data sources, you can see all the the count of the records, right? So you see data records, uh, data records by data type. So you know, it, right now we've got two point just shy of three million well logs in our database. Out of that, um, two point six million of them are indexed. So that Jeez. means they're actually tied to a well, okay, a specific well with a location. So Damn, you can see dude, we're eighty four percent completion for that. Uh, yeah, okay. And this is one of those things like you, you never. You know, I'm really anal about this stuff, and I want them all to be 100%. Yeah. But when we're working at this scale with so few people, like, you're just never going to get to 100%. But you know, that's being, constantly, like, things that you get to put out there. You're like, look, we're trying to get to that 90% mark. And oh, bang, yeah. You, you make it. You celebrate it. You get linked into, un, you know, delivering the information of, of what you have. Well, it's definitely a, a trick. And what we're trying to do, like the data directory, the premium version, was we're going to keep the prices really low. Because like if you're charging people, you know, a thousand bucks a month or something like that, they expect it to be totally buttoned up, right? Like yeah. no errors, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, we're probably going to be charging. Um, we were initially were trying to do this for like 50 bucks a month for the premium for all the states. And it, it actually is just it gets too hard to maintain because the data records, the first version we put out was in August had 800,000 records. Now we're at 3 million or just shy of 3.1 million. My goal is to double that or close to double that. My goal is to have over 5 million by the end of Q2. And I think we can do it. So I, I try to add up 50 to a hundred thousand records every week. So if you go out to that website at almost every week, like you can see now the last time it was updated was the eighth. So it's been 10 days. That's actually a pretty long, Hall. That's because we're you're like pissed to... at yourself, right? You're like, what? What am I doing? Oh yeah, no. I've already, I've already got the three data table, the three data sources that I'm about to add in. It's like we're probably the next one's going to be uh, cores and cuttings from the Kentucky Geological Survey, and then cores and cuttings from the Utah Survey, um, and then probably a bunch of frosty and permeability reports from Kansas. So, uh, data Premier, Premier Database, Premier mm -hmm. Oilfield Lab. You see their cuttings database? 
your cuttings. Oh, uh, yeah. It's actually, we have it on here. Oh, so, right on. I mean, we don't obviously don't have their data. No, yeah, you can log into data stack and create a profile for free. Right. And, um, yeah, we just we just grab that and put it on here, too. And we give everyone full credit. You know, it was like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Again, like, there's there's nothing in here that's confidential other than the list of the wells, right? And most people don't consider that confidential, you know, because huh. it's just an inventory, right? Like, you go to the grocery store, you know, how much money they make in a day is obviously confidential, but, like, the listing of what groceries are available is, shouldn't be, you know, so... Right on. Some people do consider it so, but yeah, no, we've got their stuff on there. So you're dancing around the website. I'm convinced. I want to become a premier uh, member. How do you do it? I'll just contact premier. If you, if someone contacts, no, no, no. Us. You're uh, what you call it, premium. A premium oh, member. The pre of sorry, the premium for the directory. Premium for the directory. Yeah, just emails. And like I said, we've only got the beta test out right now. But we're pretty much ready to rock and roll. We've been focusing on getting this building, um, these buildings finished. You know, what's the price right now tonight for PBE podcast become a member of Sabata? <laughs> yeah, so we we were initially trying to do this for fifty bucks a month for all the states, and it's just it, we were looking at it. We're actually constrained mostly by the cost of the Spotfire license. We actually have to buy a license for individuals. So I think what we're going to end up doing now is kind of somewhere in the middle, as it'll be. I think we're playing with around 75 bucks a month, get you one state. Um, and then after the first Ooh. state, then you pay another 25 bucks a month for everyone after that. So if you want like Permian, Texas, so the, and New Mexico. Or the whole you, database. If you want the whole database, that's. If you want the whole database. 75 times or at plus 25 times. 48. Yeah. The thing is, <laughs> is like some of the states, obviously like Texas, if it exists and it's readily available, we pretty much have it on there. New Mexico is we've got New Mexico pretty much buttoned up right on. but like you get out to like um places like pennsylvania or new york we're still building those so like if people wanted those we could definitely build it out um immediately but you know it still takes some time again we're only two full-time guys in right. here right 75 so, bucks a month gets you a state yeah the 20, first state and then first 20, state 25 after that yeah for each additional state right on so it's it was, like i said we try to keep this really cheap and if you ever find any issue with in here right you just email us and I'll fix it and we'll push out an update the next day. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, it's like we're not working with this, like, unwieldy IT, uh, you know, group or, you know, questions, everything. You know, why do you want to do this? Because I need to drill well, bro. Just approve the Excel installation. Like, come on. You know, it's like we don't have those issues for better or for worse. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, what what are the main differences between the the free version and the and the premium version? So, the free version you can only see stuff in map view, and that's actually to protect us, is because it's uh, much 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 harder to scrape. So people can't scrape it. I'm sure somebody can, but it, it'd be really difficult, um, and it's very limited. So, and actually, let's just go ahead and over to the map. So by default, we have this in here for Andrews County, Texas. So, and if you look on the left, I give instructions. So step one, step two, blah, blah, blah. Um, instructions to do what? On how to interact with the map and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, so right now it's only a map view. We don't put this out in table view. Again, it's just to kind of protect stuff. Um, the default when you go in here is uh, Andrews County, um, just because there's a lot of data there and blah, blah, blah. So How do you figure out what exactly you're looking at, like the orange glow and the yellow lines? Yeah, I, mean, I get the circles, but the so over here on the top left, this is the layer selection, so you can just kind of turn stuff on and off to figure out what it is. Okay. So the squares on here, um, course, yeah. Lands. So green, green are state outlines. Purple are county outlines. Okay. We actually have that in the instructions thing too. 
Um, and then yellow lines, these are 2D seismic. That's actually oh, right from Sizeco out of New Orleans. Right on. Um, kind of old, this old school seismic. But yeah, if you want that, we actually are doing brokering that. So if you do want that data, contact us and we'll put you in, uh, we'll put you in touch and, and get it to you. Um, you can buy a 2D, any of those 2D lines. The turnaround time, if I want that 2D line that you're hovering around tomorrow, like as soon as possible, I contact you, shoot an email. The turnaround time of delivering that data. It really depends on who we're because again we're not owning that and we don't host it for the most part it's it's on whoever's providing it but i think for most of them obviously if it's pretty small like well logs like i can speak for like uh we're brokering data for the middle energy lab right now right if you want some of that stuff like we index their mud logs collection in the delaware basin whoa um if you do want that you send us an email i send an email to sheila over there and say hey we got a client they want these logs They'll scan them up, send them over, usually within a day or two. Max. Wow. So, right. And uh, then we can also, we have Petra licenses and stuff too. So we can go through, we can um, de we can straighten the raster, we can depth register it, we can digitize it for you and send it all over as lick files, everything, and you can bring it into your Petra project ready to rock and roll. I mean, this is what we're doing right now with <laughs> operator data. Right. Yeah. Oh, so man. like I said, it's that one-stop shop. Shit. The directory is only part of this, right? This is the cheap milk in the grocery store, or the cheap chicken at Costco, right? <laughs> is to get people in. You know, we'll make some money off of the premium dashboard. I don't think we're going to get rich off of that, though. You know, again, going full circles, is that our main goal is I want to get all this data in here selfishly for me, right? And we're <laughs> going to sell some of this in order to help subsidize the cost of all this because it is expensive yeah. and time-consuming to do this. But then... We're going to use that and hopefully our engineering and geoscience expertise to go back around and say and use this as a lever to get into and yep. go drill some wells hopefully, or participate. In Can wells, we me. add? I'm just throwing it out there. Can we add a PB podcast suggested prospect area? Say wait, say it again. So PB podcast come in here and say, I think this is prospective. And we're we want to go explore this. If anybody's interested in this, <laughs> let's look into this. Let's put money in this. Let's go drill a well over here. Uh, PB podcast is they should we should drill a well. <laughs> I want people to know I that. Mean, I don't have one off the top of my head, but I mean <laughs> that big blank spot in the middle of that wrap is the Baskin Ranch, right? So you let's know, go drill one of those. There's a, that blank spot isn't there because they're suddenly ran out of rocks in the Permian Basin. <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure That's you could drill right. anywhere on that sucker and find, <laughs> find some oil. Um, right on. Yeah, so you go in here, you can turn all this stuff on. So like I said, we just added, started adding seismic. So that's part of the reason this takes a minute to upload now is because of the seismic. Um, but you got the 2D stuff. This is from Sizeco. I just put in uh, Fairfield's uh, 3D shape files. So this is, what, this is where what's really interesting about what we do that's very different from everybody else, right? So these uh, 3D shape files out here from Fairfield, this is just, I just pulled them online. We should be pulling, uh, like CGG's got their shape files available for free too. And we're just taking those and we can, if we can get it, we just integrate it in. Now the stuff like Sizeco, you can't find that on a map, right? Um, we actually requested those shape files from them. They gave them to us and then I actually geofenced them to where when you show, say, Texas, it only shows the Texas shape files. Okay. Whoa. Now, if you zoom in here more, you'll see the well spot start to pop up. That's a little gray cross at the background. And if you zoom in even more, you can kind of see the full um, the full flavor of all this. Now, we have everything colored by data owner. And the reason for that is because just to show people, we just really want to show off like how many data sources we're pulling from. Yeah. So just in Andrews County, right, one county in Texas, yeah. 
right? We've got data from AIFE. This is drill sim uh, test data that we're brokering uh, actively right now. We've got uh, the BEG. We've got LES Hub, uh, Midland Energy Library, Monterre. This is actually an operator. We digitized some logs, and they were happy enough to let us put it on there in case someone wanted saw their logs and want to do a data trade with them. Right so on. we don't get a cut at that, but we're telling them, like, hey, man, like this is a really good marketing. If nothing, data trades, like, I can't tell you how many times, like the permit, if you don't do data trades, man, you can't really do anything, um, you know, especially if you're a newer company. Mm-hmm. And for stuff like this, it's like all we're really doing is just adding a crazy amount of transparency. Um, but yeah, and then you right can see on. all the different data types too. So if I minimize this back out, I want to clear these filters here too. You know, I can scroll down and I can say, I want to see cross sections. So you can see those little stars right there. Yeah. These are cross sections that have been published by... Uh, uh, these are cross sections that have been published that we actually um, found those wells and put it into the database. So you can see this is BEG. What the... Now, in the premium version, this will tell you exactly which publication that's from. Ah. And you'll actually be able to download the list of those APIs. Right on. That's the premium version, right? Okay. Versus this, you can just see that. Plus the, the paper, plus the actual publication. Uh, if it's public, we'll send it to you. If it's. Um, if it's like a pay-per-view, I can't, I can't send it. But yeah. I can send you the hyperlink and you go download it for yourself. Actually, that's also in the premium thing. Is it, If it's clickable, we give you the link. Right on. If you want us to download it for you or whatever, like well logs, like public well logs, if you want us to download like all the well logs for Lee County, we can sell that to you easy and we'll sell real real cheap to you. I mean, our public well logs, we're looking at probably like, tw- it's like a $25 minimum plus $2 a log. Right. And that's just just delivering the TIFF. Right. If it's public, you know, but if it's proprietary and we're brokering it, it's really on the library, the data source. But, yeah, you know, if we can send it to you, we will. Like how many wells, dude? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's like all the cross sections. Here's drill stem tests. This is from, again, Middle Energy Library and AIFE. Um, again, we're sourcing this from a lot of different ways. You know, AIFE. The data sends- you're getting from a drill stem test is is kind of uh, indication of permeability. Uh, yeah, perm and really pressure is the big one. Um, and then also the, the reservoir fluid, right? Is it gas versus oil versus water? What's, Does it have API? Does it have gravity? Uh, some of them do, yeah, I believe. I'm honestly not really an expert in DST data. Uh, I'm learning a lot right now because of this. I know it's uh, mainly because like most of my career has been shales. You don't run DSTs and shales because they it's don't flow, tight. right? right. <laughs> it's too tight. You um, can do... So, yeah, I'm actually learning a lot of this on the fly. It's really interesting, especially for verticals and stuff. And actually even better, um, we're actually working with AFE. So we're brokering out. They've got a big Delaware Basin pressure package that's actually really cool um, that we're helping them market actually starting hopefully next week. What? We're going to release it. Yeah, what? so you can see a preview of that data. Yes. yes. They actually have the biggest drill stem data set in the U.S. and Canada. Um, and we're but, about to be able to see that. Uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, yeah. Let's go, um, dude. And then also, um, I was actually just talking. Steve Meisner's the owner. Um, he lives out in Las Vegas. And uh, we're actually about to release uh, a new package for Martin and Howard County that's specifically towards Ellenberger stuff for all the induced size in the San Andres. Right? Go. So original DST reports, all what? this came out of Amico back in the day. What? So you can actually see the original pore pressures on these things for that, for that well that took 20 million barrels over the last two years. Dude. Right? This you is You might be stuff. able to solve 
the seismic problem right there, man, or at least have an, a solid indication of kind of policies. You know, the ideas of like shutting, like lowering the pressures or lowering the volumes and, you know, what the Railroad Commission is going to probably do. The most realistic thing is yeah. they're probably going to set some policies for these injection wells. What is that? Where are they coming from with that, right? Your data is, I think, going to be involved in that, dude. I mean, if you can see that. Well, and that's what we're telling people is like, you know, we're not, there's way more data out there than people realize, honestly. And all we're doing is that we're looking underneath the rug, you know, of a lot of this stuff that people forgot exists. You know, it's like in the shale boom, right? In the last 10 years, we were all so busy just trying to lock up acreage yeah. and trying to prove it out, right? Yeah and turn things from PUDs to PDP, that we lost a lot of these data searching skills, which is now, I mean, honestly, what I do most day to day, we definitely do some consulting, but what we do most day to day is just go find data for people. I mean, essentially data scouts. It's like, you call me up and say, hey man, I got a project in you know, Reagan County, Texas, and doing blah, blah, blah. I need to find this stuff stat. I was like, all right, so we'll look through, I will literally go to the directory, what you're looking at right now, I will look through our website first, that gives me a pretty good, that's going to give me the kind of the 70% solution. <laughs> and if you can be get more specific on the land grid and stuff like that, I can start looking through, you know, we'll say for Reagan County, I've only got 80% of all of our records index of tied wells, right? On the map. I can look at that other 20% in our data, in our database on the back end, just using some SQL and get down to the next level, take it from the 80% solution to like the 95% solution. Right. And, you know, usually a few hours. Gosh, so, dude. That's the power of this, man. I mean, we can dive in areas very, very, very quickly. I mean, yep. quicker than anybody, I think, really. So, um, yeah, we should probably start an exploration company. <laughs> hey, that was honestly the whole reason for all of this. This was the plan from the beginning is like, you know, what I was saying earlier is like, I, I never would really would have imagined it even gotten to this point. I mean, we just bought 13,000 square feet of space in Midland. Yeah. I started this thing. And my freaking home office in San Angelo, Texas, two years ago, you know, with, you know, uh, one computer, my hairless cat named George, <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, actually, Rosendo, Rosendo is my student workers here. You know, Rosendo's like seeing, seeing George come up here, you know, just kind of wander around, you know, having this hairless cat in the warehouse till Dude. 1 a.m. Smoking cigarettes and trying to knock database stuff out, you know. <laughs> That's shit. Yeah, been called eccentric. <laughs> Anyways, and so, the, but the whole plan on all this, we build this thing out, and the whole plan is like, hey, he's like, worst case scenario, this thing fails, and we've got one of the best data sets yeah. in the Permian Basin. That's we'll go funny. raise money. You know, we're all ex our partners and stuff. We're all explorationists. Yep. Like, we'll go raise money. We'll go start our own oil company. Let's we'll change it. it from Sabata Energy Consultants to just Sabata Energy, <laughs> you know? So, um, uh, it's probably Sabata available. Energy Partners or whatever. Yeah, you know? whatever it needs to be. Yeah. But you you got an incredibly valuable uh, website. You have an incredibly, uh, incredibly valuable skill set, dude. And you're making it available for <laughs> other people. To. No, you do. Yeah, you I do. mean, it's, it's pretty – it's not – it's not super fancy. There's definitely slicker dashboards out there, but you know, I'm all about function over form. You know, it doesn't matter how good the form is. If the function is crap, eventually it will fail. It, oh, I, I said you would hope that it would, right? But our stuff is like it's not the prettiest dashboard. It's not the fastest, but it works and it works well and gets the job done. Again, you don't need a Maserati to you know you don't need a Maserati to go to the grocery store when everybody else is riding horses right you need a model t you know and that's really our whole 
her whole thing is kind of, you know, this whole minimal viable product Simple. is what they say over and over and over again in the tech industry. And buddy, when you're a two man company trying to do this, like that is the only way to think, right? What is the bare minimum thing I can put out there right now? Cause everything else is an upsell after that. Like we're talking with an operator right now about delivering this as a, uh, um, instead, they're not interested in the dashboard. They just want the data. And so we're going to start delivering this directly as a data link that I'm going to, hopefully, if this goes well and they, and they bite, or anybody else wants to, too, is that we're just going to stand up another little server specific to them that we'll put this data in, give them a login, and they just hit that server, and it's totally theirs, right? And uh, they don't have to go through the dashboard and everything. They can just hook up to it just like you would any other database. Here we go, man. Yeah. Here we go. Hopefully. So... Awesome. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And you get a little extra details if you hover your mouse over. You can see, is a solar broker by us? Yes or no? Who owns it? What's the data type? Um, and then um, some some wellheader info. The other thing that I'm really proud about is at the bottom of this, you see this Tex uh, Geomap Texas SDR designation. Uh, we worked with Geomap, uh, which is a company out of Plano. Um, been around for a long time. And Texas, anybody's worked Texas, the land grid system out here is awful right wild so they've actually created a false uh section township range designation what? for the whole state of texas been around what? for a long time what? if you ever look I've at never the, heard of that yeah if you ever look at geomaps maps um you'll see them in any library um so you can actually as far as i know we're the only place that you can look up data obviously by the legal survey so like the uh, survey blocks and, blah 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 yeah but you can also look us up from the GeoMap section township range too. So if you go in like the Midland Energy Library, like the Microfitch collection is indexed by that section township range. Oh, as far wow. as I know, I think we're the only ones that actually do that. Take that in. Yeah, we just did this like a couple of weeks ago. They kind of showed wow. us our system and spent about two or three days literally geofencing the entire state of Texas. Gosh, dude. So it's actually pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of it. If you work with like P2 or Tobin data, yeah, they do I'm the same. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, so they also have like Texas townships. They don't go... Uh, Never noticed that. Yeah, if you look at some of the old school maps, because it's so hard to find wells in Texas, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so they have the same things, the same system. I guess they started it together or something. So they have the same township and uh, township numbers um p2 and them from my understanding do not go down the section level versus geomap does so it's the same kind of functionality but it's, again it's just one of those little things it's, like, it's these little tricks and man yeah. just make it a hell of a lot easier to do dude and so. that is it man that's our show brian mcdowell <laughs> we dove into it America. i got a, a really really good idea of how this all actually came about you know i hear the stories of being in the basement and pulling that shit out and Dude. the idea of of salvaging and protecting and doing something with the physical the original physical data and the value of that in my opinion is is so high and it might be just not well understood but the value to have that old physical data the actual log the actual curve set, the actual data that's typed out or even written out in some cases, like to even just see that and 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 rely on that because you're making an interpretation on it and you're trying to make a successful one, you're trying to make a successful project. I think that's incredibly valuable, man. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff still out there. There's a lot of opportunity out there. You know, I see a lot of like younger folks, you know, I'm 33, kind of my age and older and younger, you know, with shales, not as sexy as it used to be. A lot of us got laid off. A lot of people going out and buying vertical plays. Well, yep. if you're a five-man company running a big field, a decent-sized field, 
you don't have the money to go pay some of these big data subscriptions, right? As much as you want to, you just don't. And so that's what we're trying to essentially create an affordable solution to essentially everyone that's been left behind. You know, it's like there's been price, you know, crazy inflation on data package pricing um, just because for you had a 10 year bull run on shale more or less. Right. Wow. But there's a lot of people now that I feel like are a big part of the industry that's not being serviced um, that, you know, we tell people we're playing money ball here. Right. Um, if you uh, listen to that kind of the baseball stuff, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know, base hits one, one ball games, right. That's how the freaking Red Sox won the, you know, world series for the first time um, in a hundred years. Right. It wasn't off of home runs. It was, Again, money ball, right? Where you're just trying to get to base no matter what. Right. The only thing that matters is getting to base. And that's what we're doing here. You know, we're, we're absolutely not getting rich off of individual log sales. Right. But well, I think the power of this is the relationships, the partners, you know, um, because of this, because we're doing this for free for a lot of folks, you know, um, more often than not, we're lucky enough that they're returning the favor, you know, whether it's a client or whether it's like discounts on their stuff. And as consultants, that gives us a real competitive advantage because we're not relying on the operator to have everything. Uh, we're not relying on the operator to have it, right? We're coming in with a you know a big hammer that yeah. we can start swinging immediately because yeah. I guarantee you it doesn't matter what you're paying, whoever you're paying your subscriptions, there's always more out there. And that's what we're going after, the dark Man. data. So right. for uh, better Well, for I use this <laughs> service. I appreciate all the effort and time and and ability to do this, man. Like, I I am looking forward to diving back into this now that I've done this show with you and I've learned more about it and kind of where how it all works. You just showed us. Uh, thank you, dude. Yeah, thank you. Thank y'all. Really appreciate it.